Welcome to Squawking Dead, everybody. We're going to shoot off the announcements really quickly right now because we want to get them out of the way so we can start talking about The Walking Dead. The reason why we're going to Walker Stalker Atlanta is all about interviewing Tom Payne, Jesus from The Walking Dead. Insane. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be going live only on YouTube on Saturday night because we're going to go basically mobile ad hoc. It's going to be the most (laughs) basic rig setup. Uh, another thing that I want to get out of the way and then we'll start talking about this is we have our Walker Stalker uh, McFarlane Toys Negan exclusive uh, resin statue that's worth hundreds of dollars that we're giving away and we'll be announcing the winner on at noon Pacific time on Sunday. It was originally going to be like 3 a.m. Pacific to kind of give people time on the West Coast to finish up their entries before midnight. Uh, and possibly, you know, obviously, well, we would probably announce the winners at the end of the interview. But, uh, you know, we made some, you know, we tweaked the giveaway along the way. And we wanted to kind of give people a chance to kind of still enter, you know, given the fact that some people had trouble with YouTube. The, the authorization policies were a little high. But we're so excited about this. We have a much bigger audience right now. And that's why my heart's beating in my chest. Yeah, so, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on inside my body right now. Uh, and. <laughs> Not to make it's, it about me. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm no, nervous excited. Yeah. It, yeah. We're very nervous about interviewing Tom. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a little. The thing about it is, is that it's not something I'm used to. I'm not well used versed. to. Yeah. Well versed. I, I know I've interviewed like bands before, famous people. Like I've met like Stone Temple Pilots. I've interviewed Sponge I've I, during so, my college and that, career. And that never phased you? Because you uh, love Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. You know what it is? It, I met them when I was much older. I met them after uh, in my 30s. So it's kind of like you start realizing, you know, they're aging. They're trying to rebuild their audience in like mm. me. I'm meeting the people that I idolize as a teenager and then realize, you know, they're people just like us. They're flawed, you know, especially yeah. Stone Double Pilots. But, mm. you know, all the love. But, you know, you got to be realistic. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see that with a lot of the bands we grew up with. Sure. So yes, why is this different uh, from your perspective? I think it's I don't know. It's a different arena for me. Obviously, dealing with music and musicians and stuff like that. Um, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is it's caliber. Like, I've never... I don't think I mean I've met famous people before I mean we interviewed um, what's the blonde from Fargo guy Uh, I can't remember his name uh Peter Stormare, uh, mm-hmm. you know the guy in Fargo. He was in the Big Lebowski. We, he, he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does music uh, also, and so we interviewed oh, okay. him about that. He's such a great guy. So uh-huh. there's that. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know. It's like I don't think I've ever really interviewed or spoken to anybody from television before. Right. So much. I, I mean, I have a little bit, but I mean, not to get this kind of um, interview, like exclusive one-on-one kind of right. long-term yeah. sort of. They're they have their attention on us. Uh, we have their attention on them, and. Right. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, that, and then <laughs> no there's pressure. the audience. Yeah. No pressure. So, yeah. Hey, what's up, National Negan? I just shouted you out on threestreams.com. No. Um, there you go. Yeah. So, if, if you missed it, uh, we're going to be interviewing Tom Payne from The Walking Dead. Jesus. Yep. For those who just came on right now. Um, and we're really excited about that. It was the whole reason why we're going to Walker Stalker. And we just got through talking about how nervous we are. And now, the giveaway. The giveaway is kind of like a... 
not a last minute thing. We'd been talking about doing a giveaway for a long time. We wanted to, it's just so everybody knows, we've been doing this for a year. Uh, we covered all of season eight, uh, Fear the Walking Dead season four, obviously. I mean, you've it's seen crazy. that. It's been a year. Wow. Yeah. We, our anniversary is, I think, officially October 11th. Wow. That was crazy. Yeah. And it really has been a year. Yeah. And we've been so busy, we really haven't had a chance to really announce it. No, because we've just been kind of like, go, go, go. Yeah. yeah. But and I it, remember when we started that podcast, because I think that you didn't think I was serious about it at all. Oh, yeah. It's in our about page on our Facebook. <laughs> it's, if you want to see the exact, not conversation, but like kind of the last few bits of it, it's it's actually really, really funny. Really? I don't even remember exactly, but I was just, I just remember that I contacted you after that like, we spoke about it like a while ago and I was like, hey, are you ready? Yeah, yeah you're ready to go? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> you were like, oh, okay. Oh, wait, what are, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> the I was like, Dead remember, thing. remember you said you would do it? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you had that conversation with me like about, it was, um, it had, been, had to have been like, La- obviously last season because we it, it been at the right. no no um when did you have that conversation with me it was definitely like at some point during that maybe that it was the first episode period. it was before the season had begun because it was, was definitely it? during that interim and then basically we talked about it and we we're like yeah yeah we're gonna do it and then like october came around and it's like all right are we ready to go <laughs> you doing this and like i don't know what i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> i was like no we talked about this yeah, we talked about this don't you remember it's been on my mind the last few days oh what really okay <laughs> yeah it's like remember we talked about this like two years ago <laughs> but, you know like and, and anybody's defense like especially you know it, you have to think about it it's kind of like when you have harebrained ideas nobody right. thinks the other person's really serious really listen yeah exactly <laughs> when you yeah. find out that they are they're like well okay yeah let's do this this so, is like yeah yeah so, exactly so it's been a year people yeah we've been doing this for a year and that's the thing and so the reason why we're doing the giveaway the reason why we're um we're doing all this is Look, it's been a year and we've honestly, we've only really had more of an audience since we've been more involved with Twitter. Oh, sorry, with Instagram and a little bit with Twitter. Uh, Instagram has been huge, though. Instagram, you guys on Instagram are incredible. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, like, the TWD family community on Instagram and Nashville Negan's liking the hell out of this thing (laughs) because he's awesome. And that's the thing. That's the thing about about this community. It's it's very warm, very welcoming. And and that's the thing. It's it's nice to be involved. Involved. It's nice to be able to make comments and, and, and you know, have input and stuff like that. And yeah, and you've seen me. It's it just I'm rocking and rolling on there. You know, it's it's to the point where I don't think you're even involved in it anymore. It's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. It, I, I love you on Twitter, by the way. You're you're pretty <laughs> great. When you have the time to do it, you're awesome. I, I, I have my moments. I have my moments. You're like me. Okay, so I'm the me on the show when we're podcasting, but you're the uh-huh. me on Twitter, by the way. Because you know me. Me, I'm, I'm a little deep in. Yes. Yeah, go, for sure. I'm like the Alex Jones of breaking down podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, break it down the walking dead yeah you you go i mean yeah yeah oh, I, I agree the globalist you know the globalist saviors you know, that's yeah like you, yeah you go into you get you get in pretty deep for sure yeah i, feel, I kind of feel bad sometimes too because you're like come on let's wrap this up no, <laughs> no because i'm I, no but, but the thing is that we we approach it from two very different viewpoints in the sense that sometimes like i think it's partially honestly your musical background leads you to kind of be so much more like like, you know, you look at the artistic, deeper meaning in things. And I may look at it to an extent, but to another extent, I'm like, yeah, he wanted to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what's that, the what's the problem here? That was, yeah, there we go. You know, there you have it, you know. You guys kidding but, me? Hey, come on, let's move on. I got, I got shit to do. <laughs> So we, you know, so we have different approaches, but that's what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, we 
most times we meet in the middle. Uh, it's like this yes, concentric yeah, exactly. cir- circle, you know. It's like it's like you know we're two op- we're people at two op- opposite ends of the toilet bowl, swirling down the middle and finally getting flushed. That's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's like great. A, that's really re- encouraging. Another reason to keep me around. <laughs> These stupid oh, toilet bowl analogies. Um, but yeah, yeah, and we somewhat yeah, and most of the time we meet in the middle, especially when we're talking about the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking yeah. Dead, not so much. Maybe not so much. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, Fear the Walking Dead, maybe not so much. That's going to be like a running gag, by the way. Every now and again, we got to go, yeah, you remember Fear the Walking Dead? And she's like, I'd rather forget. I'd rather not talk about that. It's like, let's focus on the task at hand. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, the task at hand. Uh, That that, that was over, Dave. Let's not bring up my traumas. (laughs) Let's not bring that up. Let's let's, let's focus on what we've got going on right now. I like to focus on the living. Anyway, so... uh, All right, so yeah, let's start this episode off because I mean, the the first thing I noticed is that slowly and slowly, the beginning of the show, Andrew Lincoln still kind of says, uh, "Last time he's on still, The Walking Dead," he's but, still like, narrating it, but it's like waning now, right? It's waning a little. I don't know. I don't know if I noticed the waning, but I just definitely noticed like, okay, this isn't a one-time thing. This is a consistent thing that they're doing on purpose. So I, I it'll be interesting to see if this is just sort of like, okay, you know, this is him telling this story before he departs. However, it is that he departs. I mean, I don't think that he's being killed off personally. Yeah, but. yeah, we're, we're on the same page on that. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of people uh, that we, I've been talking to, talking to are on the same page of that. And even yeah, still, yeah. if it does end up being a death, I think people, we've had enough time to kind of process it. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of more on the page of, okay, well, now that we've processed it, they still have to have a really clever, good show, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 really the thing. So, but but the thing that I did notice is that um is that I'm trying to break up the other chat windows. I'm like I'm like mm. the, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm like it's like the Bloomberg screen. Like you know you know those guys with the Bloomberg screens. It's like all right, oh, come on, get they've over. They've got your, multiple things. They've got multiple things going on. Get over your midlife crisis. <laughs> but that's basically <laughs> my desktop right now. Um, oh, and speaking of, uh, yeah, mm. I, have to, I have to remember to cut off the stream around the 50-minute mark uh, and on the Instagram because I have to start that up again, and you know, so that you guys can hang on, right? So, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, the waning, waning, right? Yes. So, so the Rick's whole, introduction, his yeah, narration. Yeah, the whole waning thing is, is really based on the idea that okay, Rick had that extended narrated introduction in the first episode, and right. in the second episode, his meeting with Negan was kind of like a narration device. He was kind of like mm-hmm. he opened the show and he closed the show with us. Yep. You know, yep. and now it's just the last time on Walking Dead, which is I love it because I, not like I didn't like the, the announcer guy in the beginning of every every episode. I was kind of like nonplussed, but right. it's kind of like. It's kind of like he's handing it, handing it off, you know, like he's handing off, um, you know, his baton in a way. And he's kind mm-hmm. of still there with us kind of aspect, you know, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I, I like it. I think it's different and I, I kind of like it and I, I get the vibe of what they're trying to do. So I think it's good. I think it works. Yeah, I, th- I do too. Um, it's kind of all about this is Rick's story. Yeah. So he's he's giving the background. I, and I think he'll still do it. Now, the question is whether he'll do it after episode five, like six. Like that'll be a oh, little weird know. to be like, okay. I know that. You, It'll you be, can go home now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Mm, yeah, Thanks I don't know what they're gonna us. do then. <laughs> right. So I don't. I don't know necessarily. Like, are you just gonna go back to business as usual, like after episode five, or you know what? Like, what? I mean, I don't know. Like, will it serve its purposes at that point? Is he gonna narrate his departure on the helicopter, like Mash or something? <laughs> 
Yeah. So let's take a foregone conclusion right now. Cause, and we, I'm, the, I'm convinced he's going up in that helicopter. Speaking of, away, I mean, like... Like Nash. This episode... Also like Nash. Yeah. Yeah. whole thing is like Nash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, we are starting to see signs of... Because a lot of people have been talking about this, and, and the, the theories are really opening up from the, uh, based on this episode. Like, the idea that... We, and we, we can call her this again, that the idea that Jadis has swapped in people. Uh, people are thinking that that's going to be Rick. Yeah, I mean, she did try before. When she captured Rick before, I mean, you just get the impression that that is... I mean, she captured Rick. She's captured Negan. She's captured Gabriel. I mean, it all seems like she's, you know, participating in this sort of barter exchange with, you know, like I, in my mind, I presume to be the government slash Commonwealth that is around. Yeah. Well, in the comic book in Ohio, to be technical. To be be precise. And which kind of makes sense. Like if they're saying it's a whole other place, like what Jadis is saying, it's a whole other place. Right. You know, uh, obviously uh, several states. Oh, well, not several, but a couple. Enough states over. Yeah. Yeah. In a flood over uh, yeah so and who's to say that the, these people aren't the commonwealth in fact um i think the symbol of the commonwealth i mean you would correct me if i'm wrong but that whole three circles interlocking is that their mm-hmm. symbol um, I didn't see it in the key of, in the key to the future. And then again, Georgie doesn't really say that she's of the Commonwealth either. She doesn't say that she is. But I she think is. everyone just <laughs> assumes that, and I assume that too, because I mean the Commonwealth is huge, so she's not like mm. the sole leader. There's different hierarchies and individuals and things like that. So I, I believe States that rights. she. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's the government. So it's like I think that she, I think she is from there, and I think that and I think that this that whole community is basically going to be how they whisk away Maggie and Rick out of the show without necessarily closing the door on their stories completely. Right, right. I think that they'll approach it that way, and essentially you could have two stories going on concurrently in two different locations. You have Rick and Maggie over in the Commonwealth, which we're kind of left to. Okay, they have gone to this community. We don't know what this community is about yet but we will get to it eventually and in the meantime it allows them to kind of focus or the writers to basically focus at the task at hand of like your remaining crew of people dealing with the whisper threat in, right right in um, alexandria that area specifically so which is kind I, of weird if you think about it like you know we were kind of like jaw dropped and all like that carl was gone and now but now mm-hmm. like, now that rick is leaving it's kind of like well just up up is down down is up it's like it's it's great, but I like it. I like that. And I feel like we made comments like this at the beginning of the sh- uh, the beginning of our run. Is that like about Father Gabriel specifically? Like when we we started to see how like we started breaking down how Father Gabriel is like this disruption element, and that people didn't like him. But at the same time, I kind of was like, I kind of like him because you drop this guy in who's kind of like trying to be a part of this world now, and 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 you get to be along the ride with him, and you get to see his growth, whereas other people kind of used to it, uh, and and him trying to cop on and either be a part of the group or not of the other group it's that idea of like he's distraught he's like this just disruption but now you have this element of like okay we thought we knew what was going to happen based on the comic let's say just for instance like or or in general if you read like synopses of the comic and then you start to realize that like okay nothing seems right like nothing <laughs> none of this like rick rick on carl gone it just what is going to happen now like how do they deal with this? With right, so many right. top players gone, I mean Maggie too. With mm-hmm. Maggie gone too, like how does this look? You know how how does this interaction going to be? And I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's coming. Yeah, I think it's it's intriguing to not know necessarily how it's going to happen. I, I'm I don't know how I feel about like Rick and Maggie not being on the show, and if the remaining the remaining crew is enough to carry the show because I just don't know so many too many situations where that that happens successfully. But not to say that it can't happen. 
Right. And I agree. Like, I'm, I'm definitely willing to give it a chance because yeah. I, if they're willing, think about it. If they're willing to put themselves, see, let me put it this way. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that Star Trek did. Um, okay. Uh, and I think this was with uh, not, yeah, it was with Ron D. Moore at, uh, at the helm. He introduced what, what everybody knows is kind of like one of the biggest threats that um, Star Trek The Next Generation had, which was the Borg, right? Now, he kind of set the precedent that, like, at, at the end of every season, the, you know, the USS Enterprise would face, like, the this, like, almost unbeatable foe. So, at the end of every season, they would be faced with, like, what seemingly is, like, the most impossible thing. And then, when the season comes back, it's kind of like, uh, they find a way to resolve it. They put themselves in a writing hole, and they, they write uh-huh. themselves out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they spend, like, all these months trying to write themselves out of it and so it really kind of it, it, I, it to my knowledge that's kind of like the first time I've seen I've seen anybody do that and then it, it's and not, I'm not saying it's par for the course but I, it, the idea still kind of stands with this show is that they they're putting themselves in a position and obviously they've had tons of time to get themselves out because they can't mm-hmm. After losing so many people, they can't really not, right? But right. but the idea that they would put themselves so far in a hole, I kind of want to see how they get themselves out, how they make it interesting. What do you do? Is it going to repeat season eight? Ooh, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of interesting when you think about it. It's like, okay, um, where is everybody? <laughs> and then like, and then like, because obviously the writing at the top of the season was really, really good. It's just, it's yeah. so rich, even if it makes you unsettled and uneasy. It's just rich. It's rich with information. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I think that there's a lot of potential here. The writing's been very solid. It's been very good. It's just, it's it's going to be, we just have to see what happens and how exactly they choose to write him out, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and not just him. I mean, just I'm just meaning for like we're we're good. we're in the, we're in it for the long haul. That's that's right. just what's happening. I'm yeah. I, at this point, you know, you have to kind of think beyond Rick, right? Yeah. You just have yeah, to think exactly. about the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now I'm wondering, like, I'm which I don't know. In a way, is that kind of clever, right? Like, okay, having mm-hmm. announced Rick's departure maybe prepares us for what's ahead. Like, okay, we can mourn his loss, but but then it allows us to kind of focus on the rest of the show. Like, okay, now what do we do? Yeah. No, it's true. I mean. It might be something where where your when your lead is gone, you have to kind of focus at the at the story at hand rather than just like okay, what's going to happen with Rick? It's like oh, there's more than just what's going to happen with Rick. Yeah, <laughs> it's what's going to happen with uh, with Maggie. What's going to happen with uh, when the the whisperers come about? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's a lot. There's and a we, lot going on. And we will. And look, there's there's plenty of more rich storytelling to come. I yeah. mean, just based on the material alone that we know is coming. So right. there's still a lot to be said. Yeah, it's not even it's with not Rick's, over yet. No, even with Rick and Maggie leaving. And then again, like if with Rick leaving in in episode five, <laughs> you just got three episodes left before the break. And wow, that's crazy. And that's like I feel like that's almost like more than enough storytelling to keep you to keep you off balance. The whole thing, you know. I know. Like yeah. it, it would be one thing if he left on episode even like episode seven right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then you have the one episode where, where you're kind of like uh i need more i need more i need to know what's going on and he was gonna know what's gonna happen mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but now it's like five well that's three ep- full episodes of things that happen without him and then obviously maggie's leaving i think six in episode six i think, I think it's it six i think hers is six and um and rick's five rick is definitely five right yeah yeah exactly yeah five is his last episode so there you have it um, yeah, okay, so there's one thing that I wanted to talk about, and mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of dominating the show, but this it's just the most, the thing I'm most passionate about for some reason. The okay. one thing that, the, it's, it's the one thing I've always wondered, okay? Okay. You know, we've seen so many people getting taken down by walkers, right? Uh huh. But one of the things I wondered is, like, okay, at some point, the people they're eating turn, right? What happens? How does that work? And so, well, remember, everybody's ep- already infected. 
No, no, no. But here's the thing: we we open the show mm-hmm. with um with Justin being eaten, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Savior Justin, mm-hmm. and then we finally get this like scene, like we're kind of getting like a little reveal, like because we don't we've never seen this before, where all of a sudden the the walkers just stop eating, get mm-hmm. up, and move on. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that blew my mind, like. Really? Yeah, that, that I, I we've never seen that. Like, well, probably like, not until not since like season one, because Andrea's sister was attacked by walkers, and like they, well, and they, they got it, her but, away. They yeah, got but, her but away. they put them down, right? So, they, yeah, they put her, they put her down when she started to turn. Right, right. Well, they put her down when she started to turn. They, uh, they yeah. put down the walkers that that attacked her. The walker, walkers. It doesn't matter. But yeah. The whole point is that, like, okay, you've never seen somebody just lying there with nobody around them, nobody to save them, like They're, reanimate after being dead. Yeah, and then the, the walkers' behavior is my point. The walkers' okay. behavior as they're eating, they just stop what they're doing and they get up and they move on. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. It's kind of like looking behind, it's like looking behind the curtain, you know, and, and finding the Wizard of Oz. Just a little bit, just get a little peek of the Wizard of Oz, right? All right, all right. I see it, what you're saying. I, I don't know. It, just for some reason, it's kind of like, okay, you, you know how everybody, like in the beginning, we're, ta- we're talking about the cure and Eugene with the cure, and it's like, like very interesting not going to happen but at the same time it's kind of interesting that they're exploring this mm-hmm. and so you're, you're getting kind of like a, oh okay they're gonna they're gonna push this thing they're gonna push that thing um and then you find out and obviously you find out okay this guy's bullshit <laughs> but it's the same kind of idea it's like they're flirting you know and and it's something that i don't know it's just something i i was i I'd always thought of like okay at some point this person they're munching on devouring is going to turn right so mm-hmm. how does that work Do the walkers they don't continue eating that person mm-hmm. so it now we kind of just we got a little bit of insight and it kind of goes to what greg gregory nicotero was saying was that um he said that uh uh at, at the first talking dead or at, at, might have been yeah yeah the first uh, talking dead he said something about like you know we're really featuring the walkers at least in episode one but it's kind of interesting that they kind of brought refocused a little bit more of the emphasis on the walkers themselves because we kind of t- took them for granted mm-hmm. you know you, you always got to see a cool walker in a cool situation but but it, it there's a little bit more like of a feature to them you know there's a instead of like that kind of horror element mm-hmm. it's like okay mm-hmm. they're somewhat relevant you know and then you get this little insight and it's kind of cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah by the way Rhodes uh, 1378 yeah like they definitely don't like zombie flesh but it's just interesting to see them just suddenly stop you know just suddenly stop and like move on it's I just like, like it's like it's it, like yeah like all of a sudden they woke up and they just moved on because like oh oh this isn't appetizing anymore yeah I, yeah that's sorry. true I, I know I'm going on. It just it just blew my mind to kind of actually see that. We always assume that, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You never got to see it. That's mm-hmm. the thing. But yeah. So what was going through your mind when you actually saw that? Because we saw it right from the beginning. That that final warning on the wall. Mm-hmm. I, it hadn't occurred to me. Like I'm like, oh, this means something. And then at the end of the episode, you kind of find out. Right. What were you thinking when you saw all the signs and all that stuff? Did you did you have any ideas just from the onset? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely kind of knew. Got the impression like, okay, well, these saviors are being hunted. Yeah. So it's like somebody's hunting them and like killing them like if it you know so i i wasn't sure necessarily who um i mean i was going through like i definitely didn't think it was oceanside that i did not i will say that like it did not dawn on me that it could be them i thought oh maybe it's dwight maybe it's a whisper maybe yeah, it's, that's it's actually what i was thinking about, right? like i was thinking like different options but oceanside was definitely not one of the options i th- thought about 
And then it's, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it was because, I mean, that was, I mean, this was a really heavy episode. I mean, it was oh, God, yeah. heavy. Everything you know? that was said. Yeah, it was, oof, was heavy. Yeah, punch and then the you're, gut. Yeah, it was definitely a punch to the gut. And then you have to kind of, you know, ask yourself like, well, what would you have done? Would you have done what Maggie did? Or, you know, Maggie and Daryl, you know, would you have done, you know, what Cindy have done? Like, would you have done differently? I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's heavy. You know? Yeah, there's, so there, I, there's definitely a world where, <laughs> where um, yeah, where you you entertain both and it's tough because you get both sides and that's where they want you mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they like to have you yeah yeah no exactly so i i didn't i thought that they definitely were hunting saviors but i was trying to figure out like who i thought it was kind of interesting it was a very like who done it sort of thing it's like from the get-go it's like okay well we know that this guy's dead and we know that he was definitely killed by someone who is it yeah and who doesn't like a who done it right right exactly oh, or as boy. uh or as jerry said the perp yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm glad I caught that in the second watch, by the way, because I didn't the first time around. Oh, really? I love that when he was like, when we catch the perp. Uh, like, yep. <laughs> it's like, are we going to do an Egan or are we going to do a Gregory? Like, yes. Oh. Yes. I didn't even catch that. I don't know why. No? Really? The first time. The, no, I, I did catch that because it's like, that's that's what this is all about. Whose governing philosophy do you go with? Do you yeah. go with a bene- benevolent, dem- democratic stance of saying like, okay, well, we're going to trial this person and, you know, figure out what's the right punishment or if you or are you going to go full on authoritative and say no punishment fits the crime, you know, puts death. Yeah, authoritarian. Mm-hmm. And either side, by the way, is, is guilty of, of it, it because, okay, and, I, and just to say it out loud, so between the Jerry's and the um and the jesus's mm-hmm. they're basically us they're basically saying the the premises the premises of these show out of this show out loud by the mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. um so yeah jerry says are we doing this this guy are we doing a gregory or are we doing a negan and, and and then uh jesus, nobody can really answer yeah i, I don't think I well, don't they, know if, okay. well they did answer they said that they you know they will be reprimanded basically as as needed whatever that means yeah right yeah exactly sure <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. we find out, no. 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 Nope. Um, but, but like Jesus at the end of the episode, uh, was it the end of the episode or was it the sneak peek? Because I think it was the AMC.com sneak peek. Sneak peek um, where I think basic- it was a sneak peek that you're, I think that you're about to say. Yeah, at the, at the yeah, so that, that must be right. Which is something that I'm going to ask Tom about because it, it, the idea of Tom basically saying things out loud, like, you know, either way you slice it, be it Rick having decided on his own that he's going to keep Negan under, in, you know, behind bars or you trying to take out Negan, you know, who are you to kind of make that decision? It, right. You know, without, you know, it, it, the, the decision is bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So I love that, the, that like both Jerry and, and um, Jesus say that. They, they kind of just spell it out. Do you right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of love that because they're us. They're kind of just in the middle. Alden kind of in the middle. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, so, um, and then the rest and everybody else is kind of clueless or, you know, they're too wrapped up in the emotional aspect of it. You know, mm-hmm. and Rick, you can see Rick struggle too. Yeah, no, definitely. Like every moment he's and he reveals that too. Like every morning. Yeah. This the 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 devil comes marching in, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah, so that's right. Um so Rick's hand uh so yeah, so the cool thing. So we do get to see Rick's morning routine. It's a little montage. Yeah, yeah. I kinda like that, you know. It it, it was a little weird though. He the fr- it's like the first thing he does is go downstairs to visit Carl's grave, blah blah blah. But I love that you know, we'd seen the promos with Rick kind of tap it, you know, touching the, the patio wood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Carl and Judith's handprints were, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we were prepared for 
it's, but it was kind of nice to see it. There's a, there was a lot of cool things about this episode that kind of came about, like the little ports in the storm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So things like that, like him going to the tomato plant, um, right? You know, and then seeing the the rock, you know, the formation of rocks, the sea representing mm-hmm. Carl's burial spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But these little things, these little ports in the storm that are outside the main high tension point, right? Which I feel like is kind of, um, I mean, between you and me, it's kind of like the lesson that they learned, um, in like from dealing with seven season seven and eight and then also seeing and probably seeing some of the success in like introducing like um like either a little bit of non-seriousness or like kind of like mm-hmm. caring and lovingness in fear of the walking dead like that whole john dory and june and you know laura june naomi mm-hmm. situation like to see kind of a, su- a sweetness amidst all this chaos this emerging chaos it's kind of a cool little device to get you to kind of feel something that other than pure abject misery intention <laughs> Right. It's just kind. It's just kind of. We don't get that. We don't. We don't often find that. You know, little, very little of it. That is true. That yeah. is true. Good point. Yeah. So, and we can. By the way, you can tear that a little bit apart because, like, the tomato thing. By the way, if you remember, like, Carl's dream of the future. Yeah, the tomato plants. That's right. He was like showing you the tomato plants and stuff like that. Yeah, because we assumed it was strawberries, but it was really, you know, picking strawberries with Negan. It's like no. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was tomatoes. Um, and then uh, you know, carrying Judith around and stuff like that. You know, that whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, the yeah. tomato itself that was Negan's you know that, that he was growing tomatoes and stuff like that and, yeah. and then he puts it on Carl's little resting spot you know like mm-hmm. and that's he must do that every morning to kind of psych himself up because it's tough man yeah yeah yeah. Every and, day. And, and it becomes symbolism because at the end of the at the end of this episode you, you see you see the symbolism of that tomato being squashed under heel as the saviors walk off yeah, yeah. You know? so it, it's like they leave these little things that we can see like a symbolism like okay so much for your dream buddy yeah let it go yeah yeah, time to go. Yeah, but or you know, is he gonna still keep you know hold on, right? You know, is he is, is he gonna try to keep holding on as things crumble around him, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. one of the things I was worrying about with Rick too. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, like okay, it's the one thing that kind of gets you thinking. Okay, maybe they will get rid of him. Like maybe he'll keep trying to hold on, and then you know, it's just like this that kind of like Ahab mentality. Like I gotta mm-hmm. get the whale at all costs, even though yeah. I'm not able to see reality. Yeah, yeah. So that and that's the only thing that gets me worried that maybe it is a death. Yeah, and not one of these helicopter situations. Otherwise, it's a yeah. helicopter situation. A helicopter situation. <laughs> um, yeah, so what, else, what do you got for me? What do I have got? I kind of like the fact that Rick put his detective hat on, like his former sheriff days. Again, and, in this episode. Yeah, basically he... I mean, we'll get to it, but before all of that, I mean, you can tell that definitely, I don't know, it definitely gave me like a Law and Order vibe. I don't know why. It was chunk, just like chunk. the ruckus. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of like the ruckus around this like dead body and like sort of like, well, who did it? Well, they, you know, he had a reason and this one had a reason and all of that. I mean, it was it was very, uh, I don't know, I, I liked that. I liked that so, whole sort of thing. Like, I mean, you already know that this... Oh, this the grid, is, right? What? The grid that they have to kind of just take search for evidence, you know? Everybody was like walking in a grid and they were checking in. Quadrant D1, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, That's all that's was, all that's about, you know? It's all very law and order. The whole thing was very law and order to me, which I, I really loved because, well, I love law and order. So, like, <laughs> I, I appreciate, I do. I love law and order. The original. But right, right. Not that not, not that other, like, CSI and SVU. and all. I mean, if, you know, fine and good if you like that, too. But it's like, to me, the original Law and Order. That's it. Plain and simple. I've seen like every episode. Yeah, because it's quintessential New York, right? Kind of. It is. It is. And every. And listen, you can jump in at any time. Every episode is its own unique case. So you cannot do that on The Walking Dead. No, you can't do that on The Walking Dead. Don't try to jump in at season nine. Or without. do. Let's increase those ratings. <laughs> 
No, you can, but I mean, like, it might be, a, well, maybe season nine is a good one because it is a new beginning. So it's probably a better, a better place to jump in rather than, I don't know, season seven. <laughs> Maybe not season seven. Yeah, you could probably read synopses in season seven and eight and then just yeah. skip to nine because nine is just way more rich. Everybody's kind of together and we, yeah. it's, it's just consistent. And even when people are like in this episode are searching through the grid, you know, searching mm-hmm. for everybody. I think everybody mm-hmm. abandoned us on Instagram, by the way. <laughs> is, was it something I said? <laughs> I don't know. No, but so even when people are searching the grid for their evidence and stuff like that and, and, and Arat, basically, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you still get the sense that everybody's kind of together. You know, they're communicating via walkie. They're not really not giving you a moment where they where you think like there are small moments of privacy, obviously, but mm-hmm. like, you don't really get the sense that they're that they're far away but they are far mm-hmm. away you know what i mean like they're always within reach in a weird way so that they're, kind of keeps them together yeah, yeah they're exactly. still connected by one way shape or form yeah they're but not like whole... on an island basically like right. in, in season eight you know right but this thing just kind of blows up you know it's just you have these this group and everybody starts accusing each other oh it's this one it's it's uh jadis no you know it's the garbage lady you know she probably did something or it's like no it was daryl he probably finished what he started or whatever which oh, daryl yeah. doesn't even try he doesn't even try to kind of just he's like oh you want to come for me it's like go right ahead it's like well, let's do this right now you know yeah it's and like, so, oh, oh no it won't we got this <laughs> yeah it's like don't worry what exactly it. says too because it's yeah. it perfect it's like uh was this, uh, like oh this will go too far it's like uh no it won't <laughs> no, <laughs> it won't. crossbow it's like nope do we're gonna have to take care of this right now yeah and then of course rick shows up on a horse yeah, on his horse and to break things up which by the I way so like that whole scene by the way is is mm-hmm. i love that that little element that um it's kind of like a twilight zone uh, element do you remember like the monsters on maple street have you have you ever seen that episode i don't think i saw that one but the monsters I've seen, are out i've on seen maple periodic street. episodes of the, of the twilight zone yeah you'll definitely like recognize the premise which is it's basically uh, electricity in a town goes goes out all across mm-hmm. this, this little tiny suburban neighborhood area and people kind of slowly start to unravel they start suspecting people of being an alien because they it had been it'd been reported that they saw a flying saucer and blah 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 uh-huh. and and you know so now everybody's kind of pointing the finger who's the alien who's the alien you know like, okay it, and then the lights start flickering on everybody's property and like starts randomly turning on mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. here and there it's like oh he's the alien because he has electricity and it ends up being like this experiment basically the, the aliens are basically saying you know this is what happens to a city block you know as you know mm-hmm. the, as the humans start to descend as they start accusing each other yes if we keep doing this block by block you know we'll be able to take care, take over the world but the point being is that um i love the elements like that like that like um oh who did it you know and then people mm-hmm. start accusing each other randomly because everybody's really everybody essentially they're scared and they're angry mm-hmm. too because of all this back drama too so there's an added element of like it's not just a, a finger pointing thing there's actual history here that cannot be glossed over mm-hmm. so it's just so like it's fascinating it's like how they constructed this you know and and, and it literally being two rows of people mm-hmm. like this the amalgam of the hilltop oceanside alexandrians and then the, the saviors which by the way seem to be huge in number you know like saviors kind of dominate all the residents of all three other communities except that they've been stripped of their weapons yes yes they have the the numbers but they don't have the what the firearms basically right right right. so it's just kind of good to drop a pin in that because you realize when they walk off it's like who's left who can Mm -hmm. do this Mm -hmm. you know who can build that bridge who can you know and and as 
you start seeing the next episode, you know, with the saviors having walked off and the levees broken, all the water starts rushing in and you're kind of like thinking to yourself, I mean, if this project isn't already done, trying to do this thing with the saviors, you know, trying to keep all the communities together, if this bridge goes out, there's just no hope. First right, of all, they'll, right. they'll be on their own. Right. And, you know, second of all, it's just kind of like, you know, it, it's out of your hands at that point. Like, right, what right. do you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, sigh. Sigh. Tension. It's tense. Yeah, no, it's tense. But that's what I mean when Rick puts on his detective hat and basically has a talk with Daryl to kind yeah. of see, like, and, and explore, like, if it really could potentially be him because he tells them that he you know knows that like his wound was like a puncture wound from like yeah. an arrow or some sort of like you know harpoon or you know oh, I yeah. say we don't know yeah <laughs> we don't know that yet but basically spe- spear something you know something yeah. along those lines yeah and so you know he questions daryl if like you know which daryl's like oh you think i didn't he's like well no but a lot of people here do so i have to explore that which is legit that's absolutely legit you gotta like basically but, eliminate every, every any possibility and by the way this is where i went bananas with you on uh instagram messenger or no i'm mm-hmm. sorry on instagram messenger uh facebook messenger i started mm-hmm. blowing up because i, I kind of knew you weren't watching because if you were you'd probably <laughs> react with me yeah. But I just was like, oh my God, I know who it is. And and like, I was so sure of myself. I was literally about to, to put like a, you thought, an Instagram story about it. Because you thought it was Dwight, right? I thought it was Dwight 100%. Because I was just like, well, you know, who a would lot be the person did. we least suspect at this moment? You know, And, so and a lot like, of people oh, yeah. were, there were a lot of rumblings about Dwight. And I thought to myself, like before the episode, I thought to myself, well, maybe it legitimately is Dwight. And then it was like, you know, obviously it wasn't. But right. that would have been valid. But that by would. the way, I carried that suspicion like practically to the end. Because when I heard women talking or a woman talking i was like mm. oh my god sherry <laughs> so i started flipping out i started like doing backflips in my seat and stuff <laughs> like mm-hmm. wow this is so soon dude we're gonna see austin emilio awesome sherry mm. awesome i hope it's the same actress like literally all this is going yeah. on in my head and then all of a sudden i see you i see well i see oceanside so that's also interesting but it was like oh oh <laughs> i'm so totally wrong <laughs> Right. No, exactly. I was like, oh, okay. And to think, I was like literally in the middle of an Instagram story saying, I know who it is. (laughs) And it was like, no. And then I decided not to do it. And I'm I'm so happy that I did. I know. That's the thing. Delete it. You you can't, man. It's like, you, you just don't know what this show. So you can't necessarily like, you know, go out on a limb here. But again, how awesome is that? How awesome is that to be wrong? Yeah, no, and exactly. still be surprised, you know? Right, to still be surprised. Exactly. That's, hey, that that's, again, that's good writing. Oh, man, so happy. Yeah, no, it is. It, it was, it was very... I was very pleased with that. But I like the fact that we had some touches with the past again where Rick is, you know, kind of like, because, you know, Daryl makes it very clear, like, look, these people are scum. Who cares? You know, whatever. Yes, yes. And they're not ready you know, to forget. Right. And Rick is kind of like, hey, listen, you know, you gave a chance to somebody who, like, left your brother to die. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is true, yeah. you know? That was a good burn. <laughs> okay. Not a burn, but obviously it's kind of like, think about that for a second, you know? Yeah. Think, let yeah. that process. And then I can I remember that scene where where Daryl caved and 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 said you know you're, you know okay like he was just very frustrated with Rick yeah he was very frustrated you know, yeah he wanted to beat the hell out of him yeah um, no definitely um, definitely season one but more so it, the, after watching it the second time I'm like noticing like Daryl here's the thing and it's really it's really upsetting it like simultaneously mean it makes me feel two things about Daryl one is that obviously he's not being listened to and he's right he's reacting to everything around him as if you know I've been telling you all this time and now what's what's the point I'm just gonna ride this out because I can and I'm capable you know when shit goes down I'm gonna be able to take care of myself you know so that I don't care right I'll protect what's mine I'll protect everybody else you know Mm -hmm. but you know it like this is going to happen 
But right. the, on the other hand, there's like this incredible like righteousness about him. Like it's one thing to be like righteous, but mm-hmm. when you see the writing on the wall and you don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. that made me kind of mad. It's mm-hmm. kind of like on the one hand, you're like, okay, I'm with you, Rick. You know, I want to give this thing. I'll give this thing a try. But then like when it comes down to it and you see the problems and you see the fissures and I know he's been trying to tell Rick this whole time. But at the same time, right. when he's not listening, don't you think at some point you have to kind of step up and do something about it? And I'm not saying go the other way. Yeah. Than, than Rick. yeah but i'm just saying like do something right right you know like there's there is an element of that that goes that it, he's not the only one that's kind of being righteous that, and we'll get to that because i, I kind of made a note of it. it's like these people know what's going on they see the writing on the wall but they're they're hanging back and kind of just letting it all happen and maybe mm-hmm. it's because they trust rick and that's i get that mm-hmm. you know pinning your hopes on rick that's i get it i would too mm-hmm. probably rick is mm-hmm. pretty he's pretty Convincing. right a lot of the time so mm-hmm. Or has been true. right a lot of the time. True, very true. Right, and that's the thing. The show kind of has a way of bringing that up, like you know, with, between that scene with Aaron, that kind of swings you back towards the Rick Hamp, like a little bit, because like, oh yeah, Aaron's right, yeah. Um, when they were part of uh, Alexandria, right from the initial, like they woke up the Alexandrians and and told them, you look, you you can feel safe for only so long, but without being familiar with this world, you're you're done. And he saw how he built up the the Alexandrias that were left over. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, Deanna's son. I forget what his name was. Um, Austin Nichols, uh, but I forget his name in, in the show. Uh, yeah. But like he, he stepped up. He was like an alcoholic and he just stepped up for, for the community and, and seeing everybody learn to fight and everything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. he got to witness that transformation. He was right the entire time. Like, even though he was wrong, he was right, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> but... But yeah, so I don't know. It's things like the show is like a pendulum. It kind of it gets you to see this one side, and then all of a sudden violently swings you to the other side, and it makes you see like Rick's angle. And okay, maybe he is kind of right, and then all of a sudden brings you back the other way, but not in a violent way. It just it just kind of like this. It's a big swing, but uh-huh. it kind of eases you into the other point of view. You know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So yeah. Um, oh, and that and why do they get this future? And why do the saviors get this future? That was harsh, man. Like Len, Abraham, Sasha. The yeah. Kingdom Knights, Hilltop, Oceanside. He mentions yeah. all of them. Yeah, because they're all casualties that like didn't. They are not going to get a chance to reap the benefits of this new world. But the saviors who. But again, why here's do they the magically thing. get it? <laughs> but why do Rick and his team get it either? Considering that they killed a bunch of saviors in their sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I yes. mean, you know what I mean? It's like you know, this is kind of the outcome, or or, or the what happens in war in in general, like you know. There's going to be casualties on both sides, and there's going to be blood on on the hands of both sides. Like Rick, is, which is why I've been the biggest, and you know this, I am the biggest Negan cheerleader on the face of the earth. I'm like, woohoo! Because like at the end of the day, it's like I don't. I mean, fine, you know, he's extreme in some ways. I get it. But <laughs> you, you think? No. I get it. You know. Como se dice tyrant? A little bit, a <laughs> little bit. You um, know, but yeah, a lot of bit. But yeah, yeah. But I, I see what but, you mean. No, but, but so he, what's your point in that respect? Like why my, why team? Negan in that respect because of the fact that this whole thing started with Rick listening to Gregory talk about somebody who was bullying them with no basis on anything even if Gregory had all the reason in the world there was no evidence of anything just Gregory spouting off saying this that's enough for you guys all to go to this satellite station and kill like 50 saviors in their sleep which yeah. Glenn did not agree with but by it the way was very this, clear this is pre like Gregory even knowing because um, Jesus didn't know how where the first of all where the saviors lived I don't know if well Jesus didn't know but gr- it. 
but but Gregory but he like, was their scout though that's the thing their spy their you know what I mean yeah but still though like Rick had no reason to do what he did like if you wanted to yeah, say exactly. like you know like okay well we have to be you know we don't have to kill we do we have whatever it was a lot of saviors like a whole building full of saviors that were killed in their sleep without any provocation whatsoever I mean that is intense and that changed everything and Glenn himself in that episode was horrified by the behavior that they're that they you know they exhibited you remember Heath and Glenn were both kind of like incredibly traumatized very shook very traumatized by that because that is not that was never their way yeah I think there's that scene with Maggie too like where he kind of just broke down is like I can't you know can't believe yeah right exactly because that is morally that is incredibly against what everything that they stood for you know just because okay we're gonna make a deal with this guy who's telling us these people are bullying them and then instead of like you know these guys extorting food from them then you know we can extort fruit food from them that was basically it yeah so i'm like or like make a deal i guess right well essentially i mean not even barter i mean for for what protection the same thing the saviors were offering oh man you're right (laughs) it's the same thing it's the same thing and that's why i'm just sort of like look well there was kind of a difference like like small nuances where it's kind of like you're not obligated you know if you don't want to give it to us we'll walk away hey listen it's like you have to give it to us and well, we're going to it's like a racket well you know? Negan would argue that you don't have to do anything right you know, we'll like... just kill one of you and you'll still do it <laughs> But you're, I get your point. I understand. Like, I, understand. I mean, you're right. Like, like, basically, my thing is that I feel like there was, even though, yes, it was a madness, there was a method to Negan's madness. And I mean, I think that I almost respect Negan a little bit more because he just kind of like, we. I think because well, of the ends, right? Well, and also they don't justify I feel like, the means, but they keep people safe. I guess less deaths because this thing was all about not protection. You know, yes, like it's just like, like every life counts. Though remember, people are a resource. He he always felt people were a resource, so he wasn't trying to kill people all willy nilly. Like like basically, like we never had a situation where Negan was ordering a just a group of people just massively killed. That was Simon. What happened mm. at Oceanside is very clear that that was Simon. Right. You know, and that was something that was clear last season and was clear again this season that was all Simon even more so but that was not any order that Negan ever made like he never made the order to say you're going to go to like Oceanside and kill all the men and all the boys over like nine which by the way Sydney Park makes a a, a, like a distinct mention on Talking Dead about that she says basically Cindy knows that it was Simon like Mm -hmm. she doesn't like Negan at all but Mm -hmm. she knows that Simon was he was the guy he's the one who orchestrated that she knew that Negan would not have wanted to do that in the at the end of the day and that simon was the one to take out right so which i thought was kind of interesting you know what yeah I mean? yeah so at the end of the day it's like you're my I, I i don't i can't necessarily get on the bandwagon with saying like oh well you know these saviors they're well i i guess i don't know i mean i just have a hard time with like the whole you know well rick's way and whatever i'm like uh, <laughs> I mean, look, each person has a method to their madness. Rick has his own reasoning and his method to his madness, just like Negan had a a reasoning for his madness. You know, I mean, I can say like, look, Rick murdered all these people in their sleep. You know, somebody else could say, well, Negan, you know, goes into places and, you know, kills one person to make an example and, you know, takes people's wives as their concubines or whatever. And that's not cool. Yeah, it's like tomato, potato, Republican, Democrat. I I get it. I get it. You know? all trying to do the same good thing but but you know, basically different approaches yeah but they're all doing it with an intention of like getting something out of it exactly. they both wanted something out of hilltop assuming best intentions in this crazy ass world what you can't do no because they didn't that's have best crazy 
Rick and his group didn't have best intentions. They just basically wanted like the the, the food and 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 goods that Hilltop had, just as much as the Saviors wanted it. Right, right. Same and, thing. In practice, I mean, I guess what you're saying is because when you flesh out Rick's idea of what they were going to try to do is like, you know, we're oh yeah, yeah, we're going to start a community. Oh, you're a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, Jesus said the world was about to get a whole lot bigger. Oh yeah, so we're going to do that. We'll do that. Thanks, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Great idea. <laughs> so, are we know. blaming Jesus now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Uh, which, again, and by the way, the introduction of Jesus also, too. The idea of him is this kind of like also agent of chaos, kind of like coming in the kind of funny, too, you know, mm-hmm. when we first meet him, too. The mm-hmm. show needed that, and the show needed to keep doing things like that, too. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of see things like that pop up every now and again, like light moments, like light moments for an extended period of time, obviously, with that whole. Um, fun day with Judith and stuff like that, so they can go to the doctor. It just right. I mean, what did you, I mean? Not what did I f- think about the montage? The the Rick yeah, Michelle not to violently flip you know, mm-hmm. towards that, but like, oh, what, what? Me? You're like me? It was all right. You're like, what is this? But I, <laughs> but I wasn't like. Here's the thing. I know people who are huge like Michonne and and Rick fans. Like in terms of as a couple, they're like, oh, Michonne, oh, oh my okay. god, Michonne, whatever. Like I generally, I'm not like. We're learning really, something now, by the way. What? <laughs> Because we never talked about this, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm fairly indifferent when it comes to these relationships on the show. Oh, oh, in general, okay. Yeah, in general. Like, I, I'm just sort of like, okay, fine. But, like, you know, that's about it. Like, I'm not sort of like... I, I know people, like, gush hardcore, and they're like, oh, my God, those scenes with Rick and Michonne, they're so incredible. They're so, like... <laughs> and that's fine. And that's fine, you know? But, like, yeah. for me, it's just not... It's sort of like, okay, sure. Even my husband, like, even Eddie, he asked me, oh, what did you think about Rick wanting to repopulate the world and, like, have babies and whatever? And I'm like, meh, not going to happen. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. Exactly. Well, he's re- well, repopulating his uh, Michonne's vagina. But anyway... It's like, no, we'll see about that. <laughs> it's all done. You've got one more episode, dude. So... Yeah. Dead air. Nobody likes dead air. What do you do with dead air? Like like elevator music. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. Lord. What was it, Muzak? Is that what they it, called it back in the day? Yeah. I wonder if they still do call it Muzak. Well, now they just play different stuff in the elevators now. What random do, things. Well, have, random. well, now they have those stupid monitors in the elevators. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the news and whatever. And the, for, the weather, because everybody loves the weather. Like, why talk to anybody? Oh, by the way, what's the weather going to be in Atlanta? I just checked. The weather is kind of weird. Like, <laughs> well, it is an weird. interesting climate. It's an interesting climate in Georgia. You know what I mean? Because it's not like, I mean, it's not hot Atlanta right now. Like, during some points it is, but I don't think it is right now. I think it's actually kind of brisk, I heard. Well, it's like 56, 59 degrees in the rain that's awesome but then like sunday's gonna be like 70 as a high oh uh, yeah i guess with the sun okay so it's just weird it's, it just like swings like that yeah that's okay though i look forward to it oh, i'm looking forward to the event i mean we're gonna be indoors the whole day i know but it doesn't matter it's just like just uh, some fresh air like <sighs> invigorating Oh, do you not get enough fresh air in your <laughs> in your hood in miami florida south florida yeah not as much <laughs> Hmm. Not as much fresh air. In South Florida, oh, we get cigarette smoke. And, so you do live like in kind of, you don't live in, near Miami, right? I live smoke near Tampa. Miami. Oh, you do? No. Okay. I live in South Florida. I live like 30 minutes outside of Miami. Oh, okay. Okay. So like, kind of like a Miami suburb? Exactly. Okay. Like suburb Miami, but it's South Florida, so it's all the same climate. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I get you. I get you. So yeah, so Rashawn. It, so it's I mean, basically it's you view them as kind of like almost like between the idea that there's an apocalypse. Okay, uh, hello. No, I it's thi- fine. 
I mean, it's like, look, it's totally fine, but I guess I, it's it's interesting to me because I know some people like love the Rashon relationship hard. You know, they write fan fiction about it. Oh. They like, yeah, there are people who are like in it really hardcore, and I'm like, mm. I care about the helicopter. <laughs> it's like, I'm sort of like. Yeah, that's all fine and good, but I I trade in that scene for ten seconds more conversation with the person on the end, other end of the line with Jadis. I want to know about that helicopter. Yeah, and if you can combine zombie horror apocalyptic show <laughs> with government conspiracy, I'm a hundred and fifty percent in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, yes. so, but yeah, you get the the impression that like a lot of people are living through these relationships. I think that's what it comes down to with you. It's like I'm not interested. In really? That. Like, I, don't you think like a little bit? There's like with all the like, okay, the, the Daryl kind of love. And um, well, I which the I'm Darryl not begrudging kind of anybody, by the way. I don't think the Daryl love is. I think that's just like people who just kind of have the hots for him, basically. Like I think that that's the Daryl kind I'm of saying, love thing. <laughs> but I don't think that that's the thing with the Rick and Michonne thing. I think that they're just. I don't know. Like I just. I've listened to other podcasts, you know, especially ones that are like more, let's say, female driven or whatever. Yeah. And they're just so enamored with the relationship. You mean enamored? Yeah, like just. So, I'm sorry. What did I say? It's been a long week. Enamored, right. which is enamored. more French by the way so kudos to you I know you. but I, I know but I know nothing of French so I can't even claim that and I have no okay. French whatsoever it's okay I'll fake it it's just been a long week <laughs> for both of us. For God, I mean, you for you. I mean, wow. I've been in conferences like Tuesday, Wednesday, and today. So Monday was really the only day that I wasn't in some sort of conference. And yesterday, side note, well, Tuesday <laughs> I was out all day, like from eight a.m. I know everything with me is a side note on I the just, show. No, but that you so, say it is like the best. <laughs> Because you know a story's coming when I say side note. No, you do this thing like and side note, and then you and keep going. I just love that little part. <laughs> Don't stop. It's great. I know. I it's know. It's a feature, okay. not a bug. Okay. All right. That's great. <laughs> so I was in all day meetings like on Tuesday from 8 a.m. for breakfast, then meetings, then lunch, then more meetings, then after work, you know, dinner, whatever, cocktails. Fine. That evening ended up like between 9, 9.30. So it's like 12 hours, you know, straight. Then the next day, now I told you I live like outside of Miami. I live like half an hour outside of Miami. However, Miami traffic is a bitch. And so basically... I needed to be I'm at, sure. sorry, I, needed to be, I, know, I've said, I was going to say, I've said far worse than that on this show, but yep. the next day, you're like, yeah, the next day I had to be back at, well, not the office, but at another location for an offsite meeting. And it was for a breakfast at 745. So I was like, I've got, so in my mind, I'm doing the math. I'm like, okay, I need to be there by 745. However, there is always a ton of traffic. So I should give myself yeah. enough time. So I left at like 6 a.m in the morning and I ended up taking a taxi because I was like I don't want to drive because it's a very heavily congested area and I knew that there was going to be more of the, the meetings and the after work drinks or whatever so I was like you know what I'm not I'm just going to take a taxi or whatever and I mean it was like in the taxi and I'm like on my way to this breakfast and it's still pitch black outside I was like this is just insane <laughs> this is this is crazy it's like unnatural like how do people live like this <laughs> yeah yeah but, you know, for a while I did it in New York, like where it's like I would wake up like in the winter months, basically, because remember, I lived like I had a two hour commute each way. Oh, that's right. You after, lived outside the, you still outside lived in of the New York, city. right? I was still in New York, but I was living like suburbs of New York. Right. And so it was like a door to door. It was about two hours if you timed it. Oh, and man. so during the winter months, it's like I'd leave by like seven. So, I mean, it's still kind of dark, you know, when it's winter, you know, and then by the time I get home, if I leave work at five, it would be like seven o'clock at night, which again, it's dark during winter time. 
time. Yeah. And so I would feel like I'd leave work in the dark, come home in the dark. It was just just darkness all around. Yeah, I hate that like little Stockholm syndrome you get when like six o'clock rolls around and you're kind of like, well, not yeah, it's a little bit of Stockholm syndrome because you're you're kind of like, well, it's dark outside, so I guess it's time to leave. But then you see that it's six o'clock and you're like, I've easily stayed until eight o'clock when it's light outside. So mm-hmm. why does there not being light make a difference? Like, do we live in olden times where we have to light candles and stuff? Do we live in the Walking Dead universe? <laughs> or it's kind of like, okay, darkness is, is around. You got to lock that shit down. You got to take care of your own. Yeah. Um, you know, but that like a holdover from olden times. That's what yeah. they. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. It, how our brain kind of still kind of I don't know, maybe it's like um what is it called genetic memory or something of of what how humans naturally react to darkness. Like there's a thing, there's well, a reason why we're afraid rhythms. of the dark. It's you know, it's all part of like the whole kind of earth and and the rhythms and kind of like your body I mean, listen, there's a reason why certain places have like higher rates of depression and what have you. Like it's all related to to light and darkness and weather. It's it's it all it has its effects. It really does. Affective disorder and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean what's what's crazy about here is that it's you know, it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, it's always sunny in Miami. So it's always, you know, perpetually sunny. So sometimes I feel bad because, you know, here I am, like, you know, this person who's loves this horror apocalyptic show in a place where everybody has a sunny disposition because it is a sunny <laughs> environment yeah which is kind of like why i like fear the i know i'm i don't i'm not dwelling on fear the walking dead but like that's what i found really interesting about la falling apart in the beginning of fear the Mm. walking dead because same thing how Mm. do they deal with it right you know how do Mm -hmm. they deal with that sunny disposition and then then it's la so it's like you know armageddon (laughs) you know what i mean it's like already armageddon somebody just had to light a match yeah (laughs) it's like a powder keg so how do they handle it? And you do you see it. It's it's a tremendous shit show. It's, oh my god! Yeah, you, mean, you, you basically see LA burning in the distance as they drive away. That sort of thing. So it's it's yeah. I mean, oof. just up in flames. So basically, that's gonna be kind of like Miami, and you're gonna be yeah. watching it from where you are. <laughs> you know, thirty <laughs> minutes a, away, hopefully. On a boat. <laughs> <laughs> the Abigail. <laughs> there you go. It's like, what would you call your boat? Eh, a lot better name than the Abigail. <laughs> No, I never even thought about that. Although I was on a boat on my vacation. Oh, oh, last week, right? Mm-hmm. Last week, yeah. God, feels like an yeah. age ago. Like, I know. This week is is like a time travel for me. It's like, oh, have we traveled like three weeks in the future? Because like that's what it feels like. I was because like, so nervous much for the show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because so much has been like in the pipeline and it's been going that it feels like it's been a while. And meanwhile, that's why it's so exhausting because it really hasn't been that long. So all this development has been in a very short period of time. Yeah, I mean, between by the way, revamping the site just took the. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh my god! But I I got it. Oh, I got it. Did I? Kudos to you. I mean, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's 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 been a lot. going on I, I like in here i'm still thinking about it like i'm thinking but what else can i do with it you know <laughs> and there is yeah. there are things there are kinda, always things i kind of want to spell Obviously. out the icons on the right to kind of like mm. what they are like mm. even though they'll they'll be like attached to the little bubbles little circles on the website but which by the way squawkingdead.com um, well you know what's funny as in terms of like a test person eddie was trying to figure out where like to listen to it and I told him, oh, you can go on the website. But some refresh, whatever reason, on his screen, he didn't see the icons on the side. And oh, then I went yeah. on and I showed it to him. And he's like, oh, for whatever reason, on my screen, I wasn't able to see those like icons on the side. Yeah, so that's what happens. What is what, what kind of phone does he have? Uh, we're like so no, sidetracking. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think. <laughs> no, I think he was going down this computer. hole. I know we're, we're down the rabbit hole. Yeah, on his computer, you say? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, well, that's what happens. Oh, Internet Explorer is just. The, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Internet Explorer is like the bane of my existence right now. Uh, like all the other browsers are copying on, but Internet Explorer. I mean, I've made do, but uh, and actually, if Dahe is still on, she'll be interested in that. Dahe, check out squawkingdead.com. I know you like um like web design, so it it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> so I can imagine. Um, okay, so we've gone down this rabbit hole enough. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so basically the whole Rick and Michonne montage, yeah, that's fine and good, you know. But yeah. that's why I kind of jumped to like, okay, somebody runs over to Rick, tells him what's going on. Well, to Michonne, actually. Michonne tells Rick what happened. They found Justin. He's dead. And that's what kind of brought us to the scene with the ruckus because then Rick right. interrupts it all. And Which, by the way, it was as- nice to see Kenrick Green, too, the, the actor. Sonequa Green's husband. Yeah, it's always so funny like there's always somebody on the show that I kind of like all of a sudden pops up and I'm like you're still alive exactly you. that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying exactly what I'm saying I was like good for you you're still alive awesome yeah. I mean by the way and even like I, I was really impressed both last week and this week mostly obviously with um, the way they started highlighting each of the Oceanside people like you know calling them by name oh mm-hmm. and do you remember that shot last week with um, Brianna Venskis who plays Beatrice from the Oceans from yes, Oceanside yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Th- that shot that she got it's it's like I'm well now, to... they, now you kind of figure out the significance too of like the fact you know what I mean like, oh hell yeah yeah now it all kind of comes together yeah when you see that shot and you realize oh okay she has a harpoon okay no, did. it's like oh yeah well, they made a note of it too it's like a harpoon so topical so so like accessory for an action figure sure but, why not? We, but we didn't put it together at the time no not at all we just thought it was awesome that shot was awesome it featured her and, and they mm-hmm. kind of do that this week too they kind of make mm-hmm. them important you know yeah mm-hmm. so i was very impressed very impressed yeah no i was very impressed um, so but the way you were talking about before they basically you know kind of decide that you know they meet i want to say in what the mash tent again all as a group about you know kind of like slitting up and the quadrants and you know pairing up and whatever yeah. to try and see if they could find this person i mean that's when you know jerry brings up you know the perp and like how they're gonna approach it or whatever well, we, but didn't they get, we didn't even get to the part where rock went missing though did we or i don't remember um, oh well we okay we, it, we, does, we, it doesn't happen quite yet because yeah that, because we that, see that, her we see a rock with with um the rest of those that little tiny group of saviors in the beginning looking for justin yes actually yes before before they find justin that that's a very good point that basically this is why and, i'm here i, I yes. just get the train back on the track yeah, <laughs> because you know what it is very interesting like you have this kind of like ideological rick world because he was like you know you yeah. see his beginning montage and happy times good rick his little routine yeah. and whatever. that's all fine and good but then you got maggie poor maggie maggie's on the freaking wagon biting her tongue know, <laughs> biting her tongue delivering food to these assholes you know even though she doesn't want to thank you, you cal know. which by the way again love how cal is still here you know what he's called on the internet buff glenn <laughs> I, I by the way i hate that i totally so hate that horrible isn't it's, that it's, terrible it's really it's minimizing awful. him as a character too because it is minimizing him because he has a very like distinct personality like he's had some funny one-liners on this show yeah i, I didn't want to use the r card but like it just i was just disappointed he's just he's funny i mean maybe you could say okay he's funny like glenn was when we first met no him no no blah, blah, blah. no it's not the same though it's not it's the different same. yeah it's more like a no. kind of like straight man kind of comedy do you remember you remember him and um the guy that plays peter z oh sorry the, the actor peter z he he and him were on the top of the hilltop gate and yeah, and one of them was like, "Dude, like with um, it was something with Gregory or something." Yeah, I don't yeah. He's, Cal literally says, "You ate my sorghum pancakes," and Gregory goes, "I did not eat your." And I literally said this like this on the episode, "I did not eat your pancakes." 
he's had some funny one-liners and he's a little bad he's a little badassy you know in a way that glenn was not you know not in a not that glenn was was weak or anything like that no one's saying that but he has his own distinct personality you know i mean and as glenn experienced more things and etc you know as his character popped out from being two-dimensional to three-dimensional you know cal can still remain a two-dimensional kind of person you know what i mean like a not kind of out of focus like maggie's the focus of that scene but then like also he's kind of a good backdrop to have yeah he is a good backdrop yeah almost like a foil to her you're like in a way like i can't believe we're still working with those assholes and she has to kind of force herself to keep her to hold her tongue you know so he's saying what we're saying fyi was that as carol does later on fyi indeed and and, but in fact i mean everybody's biting their tongues on based on being loyal to rick but nobody believes a word of it maggie's like yep we have to try and make it work or whatever even though like she doesn't agree with it one bit carol's like yep because every life is valuable now carol i'm not sure about by the way carol she the way she said it she did not she at least with this guy she did not buy it like she she's doing it because she feels that she should out of loyalty to rick and that's fine this is what we're doing but i don't think that she's fully bought into rick she may not be at the point of maggie not like that but i don't think that she buys it i don't think that she well no. we'll g- you know what we'll do we'll get to that i like to we'll put get a to flag it. in that because there are things that happen that kind of make me think that maybe not like there's a chance that i'm not saying she's on board but i will say that i do think things happen that make me start to think okay maybe she's a fence sitter for once in her life instead of being in extremes yeah no and i don't think she's an extreme in the situation i think that she she could go either way. I but think she, that it depends on the But she declares it, though. Do you remember when she says, she kind of says, I feel like I could do it all over again, where I could just, you know, what did she yeah. say? End it before it begins? Yeah, end it before it begins. Which is her thing. You know, it's her thing. That's what mm-hmm. she does. She, like, she'll mm-hmm. go to the mat to try to save everybody. You know, like, mm-hmm. almost to a, to a, like, okay, you could have dialed that back a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, every time I see her do something, I'm like, awesome, but I think you did a little too much here. Like, I think you right. almost could have killed them, uh, the people you're trying right. to save. <laughs> right. Good right. thing, but okay. <laughs> you're, you're good, but like, you remember the prison, okay? Right. Dial it back. <laughs> so, yeah, well, she does. Which she is why she's a feminist. badass. Obviously. She's a badass, and she saved them from, uh, from Terminus, or at Terminus. Yeah, it's a good thing she didn't kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, but yes, yes. Taking a step back, th- I, I want to kind of just fart this one thing that I saw out because I, I know it's probably nothing. But do you remember? Okay, so that scene where Rick goes to Carl's little plot and then comes back upstairs to see Michonne. She's awake. She's you know, she's working on the thing. Mm-hmm. So when Rick gets into the room, Michonne has this like little smudge on her arm. Okay. Did did you, did you notice this? She has like this little smudge of something on her arm. No, I didn't catch that. And she makes a distinct kind of effort to kind of you know lick her thumb and like wipe it off. And I'm like wondering to myself, what the? Why is that in the scene? Like, why is this little? I mean, I was thinking, okay, it's probably drool or something, but it looked sticky or something. I don't know why I think of these things. I always think of these little things. Like, do you remember the blue paint? The mm-hmm. Okay, do you remember Jadis was painting in blue in the heaps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I compared it to the blue handprint of, of, of um, Carl well, and yeah. Judith on the, I on the mean, porch. I mean, I know what you're saying. When they highlight something, you do imagine that it must mean something. Yeah, and I really wanted to ask somebody about that. But but then there's this scene like this. It's like, well, couldn't they have just yelled cut or something? Or So, you know what I mean? It's like one of those scenes where like they could have just yelled cut and just did the, did the scene over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with, without the smudge on the arm. I know it's really weird. That's what I do. This is me on the show. This is how I operate. You know, so. It's fine. Yeah. I know. He, he comes in. She quickly like takes it. And it was, it's on her left arm. So he doesn't see it as he walks in. So I don't know. Maybe she was masturbating. Anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> I think that I she, snuck that in. I'm sorry. I I don't know. I, I 
I wasn't paying too close attention other than the, other than the fact that I know that she was like writing like the rules for a new uh, new society or that Which, whole by thing. the way totally frustrating and I'll tell you why okay because with that's the one thing about like okay I can appreciate the scenes with Judith Judith and Rick and Michelle and having fun and you know whatever taking a break they always uh-huh. say they're always saying taking a break I can afford to take a break and then I'm saying no I'm like literally screaming in my head no you can't get this charter shit chat out at least in a rough draft so that everybody can see it see what you've got because you need that thing now more than ever because everybody keeps talking about it like mm-hmm. something bigger than themselves you know mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. so the rules aren't you know held up by any one person and like, oh, i'm losing my goddamn mind <laughs> Yeah. And, like, yeah, and you're taking a break, and then I'm like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll enjoy this. I'm like, and I did because you see them having fun. It's kind of like, all right, I'm not begrudging you. We need things like this because it can't just be all about tension. It doesn't have to be all about tension. I mean, I don't know. It was all right. You know yeah. how I feel. No, about no, it. and I, I'm with you actually. I, I'm totally, totally, 100 percent with you because I like I wasn't like all like lovey dovey and like oh it's so cute. I was more like um like this <laughs> this is nice. And, and I, you know, by the way, and it's like, yeah, this is nice. And I didn't write really any, I didn't write any notes on that uh-huh. whole scene, except right. for when they got to the end and he's reading out of the Wizard of Oz. And I kind of want to read that back to you. Okay. Because it's prescient. Okay. And this, okay. it sums up Rick in a nutshell. Um, let me see here. Uh, okay. Yeah, there it is. Okay. So, but as the hours passed and nothing terrible happened, she stopped worrying and resolved to wait calmly and see what the future would bring. See what the future would bring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at last, she crawled over the swaying, my screen just flashed, the swaying floor to her bed and laid down upon it. You know, it's obviously the house is rocking back and forth. Um, and Toto lay down beside her. In spite of the swaying of the house and the wailing of the wind, Dorothy soon closed her eyes and fell fast asleep. This is Rick's death scene. <laughs> oh gosh. But it's the idea that like somebody that's ignoring clear and present danger that's all around them and deciding mm-hmm. to go to sleep. Like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but there are little elements where that's kind of other than the obvious thing of like you know just resolving to wait calmly and see what the future would bring. That's that's a key phrase. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. seems to be all about Rick. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of like addressing and taking them seriously yeah. in a calm fashion, I can but, see that. You know. But then there's the idea that, like, you know, the last part of ignoring things. But the thing that kind of want to, like, thread is that Mm -hmm. you have the idea of, like, baby Herschel. And and on the one hand, and Judith, obviously, obviously, but baby Herschel, I'm, like, doing hand motions. (laughs) Nobody can see them. But then there's baby Herschel. And Maggie says two things at the same time. Certainly, Rick's idea is way better for Herschel. Uh, She says it's last. But what mm-hmm. she says first is that, like, I, I would have wanted to see that future where Glenn could be a part of that. You know, baby Herschel was robbed of right. of, Glenn, of, of, of his father and stuff like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she, mm-hmm. she admits that, like, okay, this world that Rick wants to build is a better world for my, for my son. For my child, yeah. Yeah. So, and then you tie that into the future and it's kind of like, well, waiting calmly and blah, blah, blah. So there... It does like bring about the idea that yes, the pendulum is swinging not violently, but it's definitely swinging wide. Mm-hmm. And, and the mm-hmm. show is easing you into the points of view, and then right near the middle is where Maggie is mentioning this thing. Like, okay, on the one hand, I was robbed, or Herschel was robbed, but on the other hand, I want a better world for Herschel. Right. So this is like the middle of the episode, you know, kind mm-hmm. of right. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the only thing I really wanted to write down because it, it it's frustrating as all hell. Because I'm with you. I just, I don't dig. There's a part of me that's like totally about 
about what, what Rick's talking about, but then there's the other part. I was like, listen to Daryl. Daryl's defeated. Right. He doesn't want to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Daryl, aka my my um, colleague John at work, who's listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> Who also feels defeated. Yes. John also feels defeated at work. It's just frustrating. Like, our boss doesn't listen to us. <laughs> he has his vision, and he just, you know, he just sidelines all of our uh, ideas. So, there right, you go. Let it out. <laughs> this is, don't this is squawking back. therapy. <laughs> yeah, don't hold back. We're a service, and we talk about, um, yeah, we try to solve everybody else's problems. <laughs> yep, that's what we're here for. Let uh, it out. By the way, John is the Daryl of our office, by the way. <laughs> He's, I seriously, I can't even tell you if you met, of course, if you met him, you would entirely say the same thing. He just spits out swears, whatever. He's funny as hell, hell, but you know, (laughs) it's just, um, yeah, the grunting, the kind of like the the attitude, you know what I mean? Like just constantly going about, but he's also kind of like a, he's our office hero. I'm like (laughs) totally puffing his chest right now because, because I know he's listening, but it's true. Like he's kind of our hero. He kind of, in a way we kind of see him as a leader, kind of like Daryl. Do you Uh know what I mean? Uh So, but on the other hand, you know sometimes that leadership role kind of it's like hot potato uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes in his hands he just kind of wants to get rid of it because he because i know that mother effer doesn't <laughs> doesn't want the attention so i just <sighs> figured i'd give him a little shout out a little flattering shout out because he is like that i just and, and we love daryl and so i love john so there we go oh, how kind that's yeah. great it's nice to know that we have daryl's out there in the world looking out for everybody else's best interests while simultaneously not <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. grunting and squaring in the wind um so and just to close the book on this thing because i don't want to ever have to go to this play date thing uh-huh. is i love that little bts scene where like uh the one of the twins at least is saying calling uh rick big stinky or uncle stinky or something something like that oh because he was in the meat suit when when they first introduced her how funny and she just she has to spray water on him because he stinks and th- like literally andrew lincoln not like rick grimes right right <laughs> the little actress that was adorable like the whole it was cute. stick fighting thing i wasn't i was nonplussed about it i thought it was sweet we needed it etc totally needed it it's so funny that that's what you thought that it was so sweet i thought to myself the whole time i was like good get her trained <laughs> <laughs> like i She's was watching like, it. it's like a trojan oh. horse we're, we're, we're training her to <laughs> yeah i awesome. was like i was watching it i was like awesome that's right get her trained get her ready meanwhile you know, i'm thinking oh she did <laughs> That ain't no training. It, it reminded me of like Wonder Woman, you know, when she lives on the island and she's like going through her training. I'm like, yeah. Oh, so you actually did you have some thoughts about that. I did. I did. That's how I interpreted it. I was like, cool. All right. Get this little girl ready. Yeah. Yeah. So that nobody jacks her up because, yeah, that might happen. <laughs> Look, stuff might happen. I mean, just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. An apocalypse. Goodness sake. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw off my game. Um, okay, so the Civil War thing Rick comes about, breaks up the thing, and the Alden comes up. Okay, so there's a little scene where Alden comes up to um, Rick and mm-hmm. Maggie, mm-hmm. and he's really just trying to say, look, a, a little bit of firearms with key people, you know, might mean the difference between them just walking off and leaving the project. I mean, not only the project of Bridge, but the project of living together. He also kind of mentions, like, maybe you don't necessarily give them everybody back their weapons, but maybe if, like, one of them or a couple of trust that them are armed, then it would go a long way. Yeah, like Laura, who clearly wants, uh, yeah, who clearly to stay is right, who clearly wants people to stay together, yeah, yeah, they, and, and himself too. Who and was even a rat, here. by the way, like, which is it's kind of sad mm-hmm. given what we know that happens at the end of the episode. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of sucks, but you know, oh, that's mean, what happens. 
But yeah, there is a saying called if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That's the sad reality. Well, it's kind of sad because you really see Arat trying to, you know, like between the scene with Rosita in the last episode Mm -hmm. and, you know, her in this episode really kind of also with Laura in a way, just kind of make trying to make things work. You know, she's not like with DJ and DJ, the guy with the beard and Matt Magnum Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and Jed, obviously Jed, uh, Mm -hmm. who we thought was mud. Well, they probably do call him mud. Mm -hmm. But um not being not being like them just kind of being like okay slow down we don't do anything that that we can't go back from and so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i get it i get it i get it it's sad move on yeah (laughs) yeah it's sad and obviously we'll get to it we'll definitely get to it right um because just this whole um i guess we could talk about it the whole ann and gabe thing (laughs) because rick starts it off where well, actually, not Rick, but when they were doing that Civil War kind of scene where they're, you know... And is accused. Yeah, and, and, and is accused by one of the saviors. Right. And Rick wants to kind of basically make sure that's not an option. The same way he investigated Daryl, basically. Yeah, you cop know? hat. Right. He basically, you know... Trying to rule it out. Trying to rule it out. Ask Gabriel, like, does he, you know, was, was Anne with him, you know, when he was on watch? Is he, you know, just kind of questioning her whereabouts, anything that he knows. And basically, it's just sort of like, you know, keep an eye on her, you know? I guess I have He's to ask not. the question of you, by the way, because it's kind of like... Yes. Because it's tough to answer. Okay. Do, you, do you think Jadis, I'm calling her uh-huh. Jadis again, uh-huh. uh, can afford to have all these secrets? Or more to the point, it's kind of like, have these secrets is fine. But after a while, the jig is kind of up. You know what I mean? And, and you kind of have to, like, if you really do... It's it's reflexive too, like because by the end of the episode you get the you get the feeling that like she's putting a lot of pressure on Gabe to kind of side with her, quote unquote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Gabe is kind of like not like this, you know, like it's it's not your way of the highway. I I care about you, but we can talk about this. We should talk about this. And she just sees it as you know, it's if you're not with me, you're against me. And she's not giving him enough equity to kind of like bring her, you know, bring him around. You know what I mean? It's not your way or the highway. Mm-hmm. And if you really do care about somebody you give them a little rope you know she and she tried to i mean she tried to explain the situation blah 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 but but just from the beginning it's kind of like you know there's some serious things going on in the camp and i know you don't want to be blamed i don't i know you don't want to feel like the outsider i get it i defended you i lied for you but give me something right right you know so what did you think about that whole like the whole situation? situation yeah situation uh i mean i'm just intrigued i'm just intrigued about like what's going on and who she knows i mean she obviously she goes back to the to the heap the trash heap and uh goes to that stash which was the same container where she took out like the applesauce in um was it though uh, doesn't really I matter it, i guess it i doesn't think have it have to be to be honest <laughs> It doesn't have to be, but basically it's like you got, I got that impression from whatever season that was. I don't know if it was last season or the season before when she went into that trash heap, into that area and got some applesauce. Oh like, yeah, it was right after all her people were, well, her walker were, people right. were chunked up. It just kind of gave me the impression of like, I don't know, this, this, there's more to this chick. There's there's more there. Like she has this stash of like a food, I don't know. Like well, it just especially sounds- with the symbol on it, which is the same symbol that's on the helicopter, by the way. Right. The, the only thing I wasn't sure about was, is whether they were the common. But I I knew for I, sure that the helicopter had the three circle symbol and mm-hmm. the lid on the top had the three circle symbol. It's so, it's all part of the same government uh, government base. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. And we're assuming we're assuming to safe Allegedly. assumption. Yeah. Well, we never know. We, we really don't. And maybe. The, and by the way, it's it's kind of like what you were saying. Like it could be a situation where there's more than one big dog, and uh, maybe George is not 100 percent on board with that other big dog. You know what I mean? So, or it could be a part of the same kind of amalgam, mm-hmm. but. 
And this would be a clever thing for them to do is that with all the things that are going on with between the saviors and the rest of the gang, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be kind of cool to have a larger scale version of that with all these kind of big dogs like, you know, the people with the helicopters and the, 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 the big community that Jay just talks about with Gabe's like it's uh, unlike anything you've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. Um, wouldn't it be Which, funny? When she said that, it definitely made me feel the, feel like the Commonwealth. Right. But wouldn't it be no funny? One... Wouldn't it be funny if those that that bigger kind of government community also also has the same kind of issues like you know we don't trust them they don't you know this thing happened oh it's them you know it would be a good could parallel be. to have right could be and the comic book they have it pretty good though they got like starbucks they got movie theaters like, so you were they're... for real with that right <laughs> no it's like it's serious like i mean it's okay. basically almost like it never happened like wow. they just basically like the government just had this like i like i've always said the mother of all bunkers exists it does exist and right. the, in, in the comic book this this was set up and this was protected and you know they have luxuries you know not like oh well we've got food and we've grown crops it's like no they're past that yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about season one vibes right i mean yeah you're gonna see yeah. some of that cdc stuff and whatever's yeah. gonna happen yeah will, do you think we'll even see that in season nine by the way this community well yeah the big i'm calling them the big dogs because we don't know I call them the government. Yeah. But, um, but are they though? <laughs> they, they, well, in the comic book, they basically like, I mean, they don't go so far to say plain out this is the US government, but I mean, it's pretty implied, you know? Yeah. Like Pennsylvania. Like, it was a, wasn't the Pennsylvania Commonwealth originally? Yes, which yes, is the whole point. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, um, I learned into history classes. Yeah, I should know. I lived in Philadelphia for five years, so I oh, should definitely you know. Did? I, I went to know. college in Philly. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It, so is that there. living though in Pennsylvania? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't consider I college living in year. Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know. I spent most of my year there. So it was like, okay, I would come back for a few months and then head back. So it's like nine months out of the year over there. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I when I did the Chicago thing, I kind of went for school and then I came back and then I kind of kept going back and forth after I was trying to squat there for oh. a little while. I'm like a hobo. I'm still well, a hobo. <laughs> listen, it's whatever floats your boat. Yeah, it is whatever floats my hobo. Hobo. <laughs> um, whatever gets you through the night. Yeah. <laughs> a warm blanket. <laughs> a warm blanket. A cup that's of coffee that I'm cling to that's already cold. Oh man. Anyway, that's uh, a sad state of affairs. Yeah. Lucky me though. I. That's not me now. That's good. But I think of what could have been. <laughs> oh god. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, da, 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 the guns. Oh yeah. So yeah. Rick and Maggie. After Alden, Rick and Maggie talk to the mm-hmm. side. Rick and Maggie kind of go off, and they're like, "I don't want to arm them." Mm-hmm. But again, Maggie biting her tongue, and she's like, "You know, but they're dying, and you know, what you know, what are we gonna do? We need yeah, them to finish the bridge work. It's only yeah. them now. It's like no hilltop people, and I, I never and anything. So mm-hmm. yeah. It, and by the way, it's because of her crazy ass you know cards on the you know nuts on the table um deal you know like her mm-hmm. deal about the saviors doing most of the work well you kind of get what you pay for like now saviors are being hunted down and now they don't want to work so you kind of screwed the pooch here mm-hmm. i mean a little bit I mean, like if it wasn't for it being mostly the saviors now like uh-huh. okay we could probably maybe i mean maybe we wouldn't finish in time but we'd be able to finish mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it, i just thought that was interesting like she was pushing for in which is probably more of a reason why she kind of her tongue and nodded her head she's like okay you're right you know yeah if we want this thing to get done we got to get these saviors back and you know feel safe right so 
Um, God damn. Okay, so okay, so let's take the two scenes: the one with Maggie and Cindy covering their part of the grid. Uh-huh. And you know, a lot of people mention the nod of the that little Chevy pickup in the background with the gas station. Oh, sorry, the gas pump. You know, as a nod to one of the uh, Night of the Living Dead references. Oh, really? I mean, I'll tell you what. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> but it's noted in that scene, and I just thought I'd throw it out there. You know, look, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Don't, don't hold back. And move, moving on. No, it's not like I hate it, but it's like, I, you know, it's not our show. <laughs> I love horror elements, and I love nods to, nod to, like a nod to horror every now, every, every now and again, but like not what we do it's nice oh but then like you move on you know we got to break it down you gotta we got shit to do you know so um so yeah cindy is taking maggie to where oceanside used to live it's part of the grid that they're trying to search and blah 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 meanwhile knowing the entire time that uh and it's the thing you watch the episode already so now when you're re-watching you're like oh she's paired off with maggie on purpose mm-hmm. she kind of wants to be around her she kind of want to sniffs her out yeah, because she yeah. knows the deal yeah she knows what she knows what's what mm-hmm. and so you know they're clearing walkers the little nod to don't open dead inside with the fingers coming out of the door and um yeah and things are getting a little heated and then daryl and rosita and and all of them come to kind of save their asses because cindy was Mm -hmm. looking worse for wear but here's the thing um i didn't really think about it the first time i watched it but in that melee um remember cindy's wound that enid stitches up and everything yes 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 yes. yeah so what do you think about that because uh you know what i mean like Hilltop had that issue, you know what I mean? Like with the, with the bloody uh, axes and bow and arrows and stuff. And if she got that Jowl Walker blood in her hand, which... Oh, that, that was... didn't even dawn on me. I that's didn't what... think about that. That's what I, I'm saying. I, I thought to myself, like, did she get that injury from, like, some of the other saviors that she had killed? Well, the injury, like... yes. But the whole idea that her wound opened up and she was trying to, like, you know, stop that walker from getting her. The one with that weird, mm-hmm. that like, cool, but really, really gross, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that part of his jowls like his jaw uh-huh. was open and she was uh-huh. using that hand to fend him off uh-huh. so that blood going into that open wound I don't know the show is inconsistent though with that sort of like thing I think it's, a good, it's a good pin to kind of uh, plant though because you know it did happen it did but I feel like they go so back and forth with that kind of stuff like sometimes like Rick will kill a walker and he, they explode all over his face or something and like yeah, and it gets like, into his eyes or something like that yeah yeah exactly and it's like nothing meanwhile then gabriel like is like blinded you know like that was then too by the way you know like Mm -hmm. i can easily see it being like okay if it's a fresh walker it's not so bad you know or you know but these remember we when we were talking about this like okay it's been a while these suckers have been out in the sun the heat and you know kind of you know roy and even negan says this they've been like roasting in the hot sun and blah blah blah, and then and all of a sudden you know they they do the trick and then you know then uh, gabriel gets sick and then that's what they use as the device to kind of take over the hilltop to just get them all sick and, and those who survive survive those who don't now they know mm-hmm. um, but you know they've been taking such a good care to kind of keep continuity even with things that were discussed in seven and eight and, and all that stuff you know it, you know daryl mentioning you know do they why don't they get this future blah 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 so i mean that's why I, otherwise i wouldn't care but like i think it's a good pin to kind of put in because if it's something's got to happen mm-hmm. they got really sick it took them a long time tobin took a long time to turn but um 
I can easily see it happening. I don't know. I don't think it will. And then what? What? And then well, and then what happens if it does? Though that's the thing. Like, what do we? You know what I mean? What happens? So I don't know. And they did this crazy thing at the end, and blah blah blah. But yeah, I don't know. But uh, but that's the thing. Right after that, they um um they found out like okay, Beatrice and Kathy and Rachel, like all those Oceanside people were supposed to be in Grid Five. We didn't, and they were missed. They went missing, and they find her. And then you realize, okay, I've watched the episode, so Beatrice is faking getting hurt. Yeah. Meanwhile, Arata's kidnapped. Right. And, like so she's trying to throw the scent off of them. Right. I'm so mad. <laughs> so mad at that like I don't want to be mad at Brianna Venskis <laughs> but I am why because it's tricky you're tricking everybody good for them you know what they're I mean sweet. see I this is where the, the part we're getting where we don't dis- where we we're gonna dis- we're not gonna necessarily disagree because like part of, I'm not heartless mm-hmm. but, but yeah uh, so we're actually at that part with the tent though the Jerry okay. Cindy Maggie Carol Rick and it's uh-huh. very it's very interesting it's a very interesting watch when you've watched it the first time around then now you're watching the second watch because mm-hmm. you see how everybody looks when, as people start saying things, when Jerry speaks up and he says, uh, this is going to be a Gregory or a Negan situation, you look at Rick, you, you look at Rick and you look at, but mostly Maggie, and, and it's kind of like a, uh, <laughs> you know, like kind of situation. Right. Um, and, oh, and Rick and Maggie are both looking at each other because they know how they, fe- how they feel about each other, like how, uh, about what the other person did. And they're kind of looking at the floor and, um, and F- Cindy has her face on the ground mm-hmm. and then she finally speaks up. Well, then she goes, well, whoever... Whoever it is that when the time comes they'll get what they deserve. This is what you were saying before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the first thing I said when I, I the first thing I wrote <laughs> when when I when I finally saw her say this. Do you know that like little thing where, where the dude says "Got him"? Mm-hmm. The D's nuts thing. You, you ever see that clip? Oh no! It, it's okay. Well, I'll maybe I'll put it up or something like that. But it's like the guy. The guy basically tries to prank call somebody. Uh huh. Oh, is D there? Oh, he goes, uh, "D, who's D? D's nuts." And he goes, oh, <laughs> "Got him." And then like that's what I thought when I saw Cindy and she said that. It's like, "Got him." Like, oh, I got you, Cindy. I got you. I know you are. Oh, my screen just went blank. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I don't know how long this lasts. Um, eleven oh nine. We've only been talking an hour. No, over there. Oh no, two hours. Started- yeah. Oh boy. Oh hey, my my peep screen is still working. That's weird. Um, give me a sec. Oh, that's not gonna work. That is not gonna work at all. Maybe I can really quickly do something. No, uh, Well, that's not working. Yeah, my screens are blank. Time to pull out the trusty phone to get my notes. Uh-uh. <sighs> yeah. Let's go back here. Give me one sec. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I've got my interview. <laughs> No, it's open. Um, okay. Yeah, the perp, the thing, the dead, the dead, the Jerry, and this is it, got him. And then, um, okay, so yeah, we, we have to really kind of get into the Rick and Carol thing because I kind of want to expose that a little bit. And um, mm-hmm. Rick has a weak moment and he's confiding in Carol. He's like saying, you know, should the saviors be a part of this? You know, like, do they, do mm-hmm. they, like Rick's conversation with Daryl is kind of getting him, he's kind of listening to him, right, to, to him right now. And he's trying to want to get, I think he wants to get Carol's take. Mm-hmm. And Carol flat out answers, you know, it's, she gets it. She's, it's like, you know, it's not, oh, sorry, it's like not your choice or mine. Right. You know, um, they just, they, you know, they just have to want it like the rest of us, you know? Yeah. And put a flag in what she says right there, because obviously when things kind of start to unravel, um, it's spoken about, you know? So Rick, Rick starts to confide in her and he says, you know, well, Carol starts by saying like, you know, I, you know, it happened today. I, I felt like I needed to end it before it began, but you know, she stopped mm-hmm. and she stopped herself. She was calm. She was like, you know, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving this thing a try and Rick just finally like admits like I'm not blind I'm not stupid I feel it every fucking morning mm-hmm. you know every morning I really I it's like I want to kill I want right. to kill and then proceed to ki- you know kill Negan then proceed to kill all of them right what they've done and which is savage Rick is savage right mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah but 
Um, but it's the thing he remembers. You know, he starts with Carl, and then he and he just remembers all the people that they've lost, all of them along the way, like Andrea, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. Herschel, Lori, Carl, and then it's like you know, at some point, you know, what's 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 the point? You know, if I'm trying to build this future, what's the point? If I'm I'm not honoring them, you know, by by continuing to take life, we honor them by building life, you know, mm-hmm. not taking it. Because at a certain point, you just it's not sustainable. Like, right. there's no way to live. Like, at some point, you have to live for something, not for just like another day. Right. And, and it has to mean something at some point. And it's a big thing to kind of admit. Like, it's there with him. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's always there with him. Now, hold hold that because. I'm going to skip right over to where um, Jed and DJ hold mm-hmm. him hostage, okay? Like, and I love the scene. Jed is making walker noises, right? <laughs> and Carol and Rick, like, they nod and like, yeah, I'll get him. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll take him out. Um, and then they have this hostage situation. Now, like, here's the thing. He says, Jed says while Carol is, like, preparing the knife, he says, um, yes, he actually says, I believe in your idea. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the, at, but it, right now it's like people are hunting us down, and and this is not about me trying to start trouble. It's about you know we I, we just need arms. We need to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like he's an unsavory dude, but the fact that he admits that like I'm on board, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually on board. Right. So between his conversation with Carol, him admitting that out loud, and then and then Rick and Carol, you know, obviously they have to faint like they're giving up, and then they take him over. I think that reaches that reaches their ears because in my mind, there's no reason to keep Jed alive, mm-hmm. right? But they do it anyway, right? And I think it's because of what he said. I don't think they. And this is the one thing, like you know, we can easily love the show, but there's some things that you can critique, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think they should have emphasized what he said a little bit more because it's important. Because you're looking at these saviors, you're looking at guys like Jed, you know, like eating the tomato in front of Maggie, and kind of being a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort or like, of. Or like Cal yes. at, says, like an, like an asshole, like being threatening, being like getting in her face and stuff like that. Like, oh, I know you, the widow. I know mm-hmm. you. Right. And you get like a really bad impression. Like he punches Alden in the face. Like you're not one of us. He's like, I, you know, like let's start trouble. You know, you're not one mm-hmm. of us. You're not suffering like we are. Mm-hmm. And so um, you don't really feel remorse for him. And so, and especially now that they're trying to take out Carol and Rick, right? Or especially mm-hmm. Carol. Mm-hmm. So when he says what he says about like, I, you know, I want to be on board, they could have really done a little bit better with that. I think they right. really could have because it would give you a little, a little kind of like break in what you usually think about this dude. Um, and you kind of to feel it, you know, like to feel. Like, dude, I'm I'm on board. I want I want to see the future that you're seeing. But at the moment, we're kind of screwed. Right. Which is essentially what he says. It just didn't pack the right punch. I think and mm-hmm. it should have. So that's my right. that that is definitely a criticism. Mm-hmm. Because I think that scene is meant to kind of break them out of the moment to kind of like say, oh wait. Cause she, cause he had just asked her, do they deserve this future? You know, and you're like, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't think so, because between Daryl saying and blah blah blah, and what's going on, and being threatening, and being a jag off, so they could have used that as a punch, like moment, like to kind of say, like, dude, we're trying, right? You know? So. Anyway, that, I, I just wanted to say that because it's easy to miss. Because you're mm-hmm. looking at Carol's knife. You're not listening to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You're just hearing talky, talky, talk. True. True. Good yeah. point. Um, and then they immediately patch him up. And, Car- and Carol, uh, you know, kind of rattles off the line. Like, because every life counts. But that's the thing. I think she is kind of getting Rick. She could easily have not have said a word because that's Carol. She's kind of serious when it, ha- when it you know, when it comes know. down to it. I don't know. I, it's just a feeling. I'm not, I don't think she's totally on board with Rick, but I think that 
that compared to Maggie? Oh no, yeah, definitely compared to Maggie. Like she, Maggie, she's definitely is on the fence. She's on the fence. Yeah, she's if, sort of like, ugh, I could have killed this guy. I really don't care about this person, but well, I'll take one for the team and do it for Rick. Yeah, yeah, or do it for a girl. Like, I think also kind of do it for herself too when you think about it. Because like, if you're feeling like you can go the other way, you know, every little bit that you can do is one less. It's it's like the sobriety thing. You're like going off the wagon. Like it's uh, what is the expression? Um, every day counts. No, what is it? Um, help me out here. I don't know. Oh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, like not like every day is a gift. That's stupid. Um, one day at a time. Ah. That's what it is. It, and that's Carol's like little sobriety lesson. Like if I let this guy live, it's just one, you know, that's today. Tomorrow's another challenge. I'll beat that challenge. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it's, it's like Murderers Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you so go. Slaughter is anonymous essay. Um, yeah, but she's, uh, I, she's, she's, she's so like disgusted with this dude, which I don't blame her. Everybody is. I am. <laughs> I'm only a tiny bit of sympathy for what he said right there, and it's kind of like, okay, so he is sort of like on board, but oof. Um, all right, let's skip to that part at the end where, Ma- or not at the end, but like Maggie and Daryl, they're talking and they spot the ethanol. They bas- they're basically in the scene, they're, that, that beginning scene basically where we saw Justin right. turn with the warning signs and then the mm-hmm. final warning in the corner. Mm-hmm. And they see the ethanol in, this, in, in the foreview as they walk up to it. Um, so they know what's up. They know they found the, the area with which the ethanol was stolen, brought to, and all that stuff. And so, the harpoon. Yeah, yeah, and the harpoon, that's right. And and Daryl knows. Daryl has yeah. has a he suspicion. Knows. He said, "Well, not even a suspicion." He says, "I know." Took yeah. them. Oh, because they found the harpoon first when they surveyed yeah. the scene, right? Because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. pulled it out of the walker. Yeah. Yes. Right, right, right. He was like, yep, I know who. Right. And I think Maggie brings him to the spot, right? Because he yes. obviously told her. And then Maggie, because she was with Cindy and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Why don't you explain that scene a little bit? Cause... Well, it's dark. And um, we see that Daryl and Rick you know, are coming across a, a group. We're not immediately clear on who it is, but then we come to see that here's a rot. She's still alive, but she's being held at gunpoint and by, and well, weapons at least, yeah. by uh, Cindy and the two other women, Beatrice and... Beatrice and Rachel. Rachel is up. the other name? Oh, okay. The, the, um, the little girl with the where, gives the where Tara gives the middle finger to. Do you remember her? That's her. She oh the little girl was there. I thought that was a it was a woman. She's growing up. <laughs> Mimi Kirkland is growing up. Oh I don't know. <laughs> she was tiny that little Rachel girl. Yeah yeah. But she's now she's a little teenager. Maybe it was another Rachel. Maybe it's not the same Rachel. Oh no, it's the same girl. But I it check. wasn't a little girl though. That oh, was there. It's the same girl. Yeah. It was a little girl there. She's a, she's a teenager. She's not a little girl anymore. She's. <laughs> Only a only a what nine months to a year and a half have passed. Preteen to a teen. It's the same girl. Trust me. <laughs> she, I, I, I fought. We follow her. <laughs> so and she kind of featured her scene. Really? Same girl. Yeah, man. Yeah. How do you go from tiny little girl to like? It was not like tiny. Teenager. She was, you know, she was, she like, was short. like nine. Well, now she's eleven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we meet not... Oceanside in seven, season seven. So she's had two years, man. Two and a half, maybe. But they weren't they involved with the assault on like the the saviors in season eight, like when they all came out like Ewoks and threw their little things. <laughs> I love that. Every they time, did. man. Every time. But they um, were like Ewoks. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. I love I love the Ewoks. They're my favorite part of Return of the Jedi. But I'm they're, just saying, they're not. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> they are my favorite part. Like, look, that's me, and not everybody has to agree with that. But I love those little Ewoks. They're yeah. Great. Yeah, well, that's the point, though. I I don't even know if we see the actress in that raid scene. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we didn't see her. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. It's true. 
But in any case, so you have these group of ladies from Oceanside. They have a rod on her knees and basically asking her to beg. Um, and, um, you know, everyone's in tears. The women from Oceanside are in tears. A rod is in oh, tears. because they're like, explaining the her. story. You know, they're explaining well, this the is before. Well, this is before they even, that even happens. It's like, I mean, clearly the women from Oceanside are distraught and, and upset. And, you know, a rod is like scared for her life. A rod is life. like soaked and, with tears. And then, um, you know, when Rick and, and Rick, Daryl and Maggie come across and... <laughs> oh my gosh and then they basically you know kind of like hey you know what's going on and whatever and you know cindy then goes on to kind of go into the story about how this is once where basically before oceanside had to become oceanside and run off this is kind of where they kind of camped out essentially right and um you know and then simon came along and basically you know did what he did in terms of just basically slaughtering you know all the men and boys and in particular um cindy talks about her brother who i think was 11 is what she said they slaughtered her mother and then they slaughtered for- her mother and then you know basically like tortured her essentially by asking her to like beg for her brother's you know her life or what his life or whatever and still ended up like murdering him in front of her and right. i mean it was and basically at the hands of a rod who does not deny that any of it happened obviously right. say she, it what did you yeah, say right exactly and you know maggie no exceptions yeah and maggie and rick as it's like maggie and rick god Maggie and Daryl, you know, asked what did she say? And she, you know, owns up to, you know, what she said, which is no exceptions. And then she basically went through with it. And at that point, Maggie basically, well, before that, we even get to that, you know, basically Cindy says that, you know, they decided to go about doing this. And and first of all, they tell them that this is the last one. This is the last savior that they'll they'll kill. Because apparently it seems like they were going after all the saviors who, I guess, in particular, were involved with this raid that happened there. And the reason why they they decided to go after them. Because they weren't going yeah. to right but essentially like maggie executing gregory the way she did basically gave felt made them feel emboldened essentially to kind of do this because they felt that they didn't have to just do what rick says right. and treat them you know and turn the other cheek their words exactly rick's word yeah. we just we found out that rick's rules weren't the only rules they're not the only rules you know like if you you do what you see fit um and i still remember maggie said the punishment fits the crime you know well she said it out and, loud though she, you did this because of me right right and there was but like that moment where i'm like she I was momentarily she... horrified she was momentarily horrified that like that they would go on a killing spree because of her right. like i think that she was momentarily horrified of that however that all changed upon hearing what happened and as they start to hear what happened at oceanside and narat owns cops up to what she did and what she said that it's at that point that maggie as far as i'm concerned basically gives the order to proceed with the execution the way she did with gregory because by turning her back and walking away while Rod's like you know screaming for them to come back like you I mean basically she's allowing it to, to happen she's right. sort of like do, right. do what you gotta do because you have to note the fact that like she really gives her best effort to say don't do what you're doing like, right, she right. really did try and I was noting that because it's kind of like as much as she bit her tongue and you have to think back to her conversation with Daryl in this episode. She's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm doing this for Herschel. Like, there's, I don't want to have to do this, but that this way is a way better way to, to raise a son. Mm-hmm. And and so when you when you get back to the scene, she's really trying to give her best effort. She's not biting her tongue. She's like, don't do this. You know, you know, you do this, you can't come back from this. Right. And then Cindy. So at that point, when Cindy says what she says about Gregory, the feed lap, the sorry, it begins like this little spark. And obviously Maggie's horrified. She is horrified mm-hmm. in the moment. 
moment, she's mm-hmm. like, the thing that I did that I thought was just fully 100%, no regrets, mm-hmm. um, that thing made you think that you could do this thing? Right. And then you hear all the stuff, like you said, you hear all the stuff, and then, and by the way, when you heard all of this, w- were you not brought back to like, like Glenn's death and Abraham's death? No, I wasn't brought back to that. I just internalized it and basically thought of like, anything having to do with kids puts me over a level. And so basically, oh, yeah. like for me, I kind of like, thought of like, what if that was my kid, my child or whatever, like my brother, you know, like, brother. you know, you brother I, mean, too. I do, but I think about like kids because my brother's an adult. So I think about like, you know, a boy, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think I of know. like, like an innocent, you know, boy, you know, it's like, that is, you know, just horrifying. And so like, at the end of the day, like, I mean, you could say like, oh, to Cindy, it's like, okay, well, you can't come back from what you did. But I can argue and say, all right, you can't come back from what you did. Yeah, yeah. You no, know I, what I, mean? I totally get that. It's it, like, what happened, happened. And you cannot no level of remorse can take away what you did or rectify what you did. So to me, you know, when people talk about like, well, well, you know, was that the right thing was, you know, you know, should it's you definitely should, not the right thing? Well, huh. I think it was. That, Sorry. This is, the, this is the struggle oh, that I'm having. I don't struggle. I would have been exactly like Maggie, turn around and let her do what she has to do. And that's, like, that's, yeah. that's the thing. That's what I struggle with, too, because it's kind of like, again, like I was brought back to, to the to like witnessing, eyewitnessing the brutal, the brutal death of Glenn and Abraham. But that's what happened to her, Cindy's brother. Ex- ex- exactly. And I, right. keep, I keep thinking to myself this is an impossible situation as much as you want to hold back I didn't even write notes to say what if she what if she did tell her to stop no I didn't I couldn't there's a point at which I could not justify it's not gonna be justified it's like I couldn't what choice did she have what choice did she and Daryl have I I there's just well, you can't there isn't it's not you know what I mean no but no I mean how I can you argue with that how could you no, you no you can't argue with it like basically you say like well if it was Rick Rick would have tried to argue like y- yes. and, and say some philosophical bullshit on like you know how we all have to like build towards the future and the past is the past to get out of here with that like and but this is me i'm the kind of person who holds a grudge to the very end like i will not let things go ever fyi yeah (laughs) never never where's eddie oh i can't see no (laughs) my no he'll tell you it's like like i i can't so something like that you're marked for death in my book so like at the end of the day like do i like it broke my heart for the for cindy's character it like was devastating to hear like that pain and anguish but in my mind like when when maggie and daryl turned around i was like good for you exactly like this is what you get you live by the sword you die by the sword that's it see i i don't 100 percent agree with that but at the same time like i'm sitting there i'm watching this and i'm looking at daryl and maggie and and i'm i'm like this is too much for you it's just too much for you i can't like i'm literally i'm literally sitting there and i'm i'm like i don't think the thing is too much for them i think that they're sort of like fuck this bitch let her get killed i don't think so i i I I think so purely because after the fact like maggie's like you know we try this way it doesn't work we got to go after negan now and finish this and you know (laughs) i don't don't disagree with that that's i'm 100 percent with you on that like but it's just this one thing where it's kind of like there's a little like you know that little you're you're wiggling the tooth right and and like it's like what chance i i'm like sitting there like talking to them and i'm saying i can't expect you to, to say anything against that you know and then when they actually start walking away i'm like i get it i get it you don't want to say anything and at the same time you can't argue with that you just can't you can't i think that argue they were that. happy that Arag got killed I, I don't know about happy that's the thing i don't it's think like, about happy there's nothing i think that, to say you know i think that maggie feels that the punishment should fit the crime 
Well, I think that's Maggie's mantra. I think on the forefront. I think she feels a whole bunch of things though. But but yeah, let's get to the part where I, where because after the scene, it, there's it's like a reckoning. It's like Maggie confronting herself because Cindy is her. She is the leader of Oceanside. She is the leader of Hilltop. And right, they, but, they, they see everything in each other. Right. But Maggie doesn't have that moment of like, oh, my God, I'm looking at this mirror. Like, I'm glad. That no, they I think she them. does. When, when she no, says you, you enabled me to do this, you know, you enabled right. us to do this, finding I out think, that there are other rules. Right. But I, I think she's momentarily horrified. And I think they did that momentarily bullshit moment that they do on shows like, oh, my God, is this how I am? This is horrifying. I don't want to be this way. And then that shit got thrown out the window. And I'm like, thank you. Like, well, don't try to, like, act like I'm horrified that this is the person that I am stand by your like actions like as horrific as they may be like stand by your actions and stand by your convictions on why you're doing it but and I don't think I, that's what's happening though I mean not to, but I not think to she belabor had, the point but no but I think she had that moment where she was horrified however you know what it reminded me of in, in a way did you ever see the movie Dead Man Walking I must have I mean it's so old I mean it's like back from like the 90s is it Sean Penn yeah it was Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon but the thing I, I, that always struck I me I saw it in theaters I think the, yeah. the thing that struck me about Dead Man Walking is that the whole movie you know from people who don't know because i mean we are aging ourselves this is yeah. movie came out probably like considering years that ago, i saw it in theaters <laughs> yeah it's like probably came out 25 30 years ago but yeah, there you go anyway no a little less but <laughs> but yeah. look 1994 was what 25 years ago 25 probably yeah because like, like nirvana's in utero just turned 25 years yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> keep going Let's not dwell on this. <laughs> Let's not dwell on this anymore. Yeah, on our age, yeah. Um. So anyway, so the premise of of um, Dead Man Walking is basically you have Sean Penn's character who is convicted of a horrific crime. Um, we don't see the crime necessarily. We know that it was that involved murder of uh, two people, and he is um, give sentenced to death. Um, but he's assigned this um, this nun, you know, to basically kind of uh, bestow on him his last rites before you know all this. But it doesn't. It's not like a day before or something like that. It's like a, they have periodic meetings where right, basically over time. with him over time and counsels him, you know, to prepare him for what's going to happen. And she, you know, already she's a nun. So obviously she, her stance is against the, te- the death penalty, you know, which is right. ends up becoming a very, uh, very testy situation because obviously the, the families of the victims are very angry at her and they're just like, sister, why in the world? Like, how in the world can you, you know, support this, 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 this savage or whatever, you know? And meanwhile, she's like, you know, obviously like, no, you know, like every, everybody's a child of God and they deserve, you know, like to, to have life. Who are who are we to take to, to determine that he shouldn't be allowed to live or whatever? And you know, with time, you you see more of him. Like he's very defensive at first and very kind of standoffish. And eventually, you know, she kind of brings down his defenses, and you kind of get to know this 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 person, right? This person more, you know. And we approach his execution closer because it's not it, it is going to happen. It isn't you know kind of uh, appealed or whatever. Right. And you know, he starts you know the, that that day the process of kind of like getting him ready to be put to death and and you feel horrible you know you're watching this and you feel horrible because this person who you started to get to know throughout this movie that you've kind of like gotten to know and you start to feel remorseful like oh my god we're, we're going to kill this person or at least feel this something person, right feel something for this person who seems remorseful at this point for what they've done and 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 now we're you know marching them to certain death where they're going to be executed in front of people for their satisfaction right you know because that's you know that, that was how it's done you know it's like he's going to get Put to sleep by lethal Don't we still do that someplace? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway. So it's like he's gonna get put to sleep in this room with a, a you know a, a mirrored or, or glass wall where like the, the family of the victims can watch. Right. You know. I mean, like a, it's a one-way yeah. mirror, right? It's a one-way mirror. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, they know basically, like. Well, he knows. Yeah. We, yeah. What? What's you know? That, that that's what's going on. And you feel horrible, you know, because this guy's on a gurney and they're they're putting this this IV into him and and but as they do that, they splice in between that to the scenes of what happened right. that evening. Right. And you see the horrific crime and you see what he did. Right. And you see how he murdered these innocent people and raped a woman on top of it and murdered her. And every bit of sympathy that you had for that character went out the window. Right. Because like now visualizing and seeing what that person did, now you you're just sort of like well it's purposely it. confronting you with what you thought you what what you were presented with i was gonna say what you thought you knew but like do you know not really but like no until it's really kind of like this is you only what got happened. one side yeah right it's like this is what happened to these two individuals at the hands of this person do you still feel the same way right exactly and it's and it's philosophical and, really if you think about no it. it is it is a philosophical question and it's obviously something that gets thrown around all the time obviously the in this country yeah. you know and and during mm-hmm. this show but you're making social commentary. I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> but this is a, this show is a social commentary, yeah, you yeah, know, a sure. chunk of the time. Yeah. And I think that that's what it is. And it's a mini know, version of that because you're seeing a rock go through this thing, and, and she's the trying to actually, yeah, yeah, she's trying to like be a part of, you know, she's working with Rosita, the person she hurt. I'm reformed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. Or I'm trying to, or I'm trying to be reformed. I'm. I, I'm I'm not that person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and you, I mean, look, tell me as you were watching her sobbing that there's a, there was a part of you that did feel like that Sean Penn moment. Like no, I no, like, but they sh- did it exactly the same way they did in the show. Like there was that sobbing moment at the onset, and then you get the story, and then after you get the story, it's like a switch. Right. It's like nope, no sympathy. I think also there's there's this moment too where you're kind of like where she is like even she's like I just she know, knows I know there's no excuse, I and I know there's nothing for me. To say right and you know because if she was a bad person that's and that's what get this is like a paradox because if she was a bad person she'd maybe try to find a way to you know like gregory her way out of it to be honest do you know what i mean but well, i well not a maggie's watch you can't gregory your way out of anything oh yeah <laughs> well yeah no and the bullshit detector is real but um Very real. but that's the thing like i i think she knew what she did in that moment and there was nothing for her to say and that's what kind of made me feel for her at the end of the day like there's there's no no running away from it. There's nothing I could do. And I think it's the effect of having to try to, for the future to kind of be a part of this bigger world. You know, being a part of this bigger world, you know, I thought maybe I could leave this behind me, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And it's kind of like, and it's this paradox. It's kind of like, can we move past the bad things we've done? Like you said, Rick and, and killing the satellite station, you know, Simon's satellite station, if you remember. And listen, I hold a grudge, so I always bring up Rick's thing. I'm like, yeah, look. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, but that's the thing. Everybody did something. Glenn did something. You know what I mean? We love Glenn. And he was remorseful. He was sick. And so, and we have to reckon with that, too. And I'm not saying that shouldn't change your mind. Not at all. I couldn't justify it. I They did exactly what... I'm not saying exactly what I would have done, but they did exactly what my heart was feeling. I just could... There's nothing to say. There was just nothing to say. Are you still there? Yeah. No, I'm here. Oh. I'm just... I mean, you know how I feel. I'm like, I was very, very happy when they turned away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I could tell. Because it was... Shouting with glee. Shouting <laughs> okay. with glee. I was like... Like, yes. Okay, but here's the, here's the thing. And, and 
okay, we're, we yeah, we know where we stand. But the one thing that I need to bring up, mm-hmm. and this is something that the show has brought up in this episode, you know, between Jerry saying, do we do it the Negan way or do we do it the Gregory way? And Nate, and then Oceanside, you know, Cindy saying, you helped us, you, you know, you, you enabled us to do this. You know, Rick's rules aren't the only rules. Um, Jesus brings it up in the next episode. You know, who gets to decide? You know, Rick made a decision on behalf of everybody else, you know, without, you know, he made a summary decision. Then you made a summary decision. And now you're making another one. Who are you to decide that you get to kill Negan? You know, so it's like, this has got to stop. We got to have rules, you know? And, and so <laughs> and so the show is making a point. Like, even though you agree with Maggie, everybody agrees with Maggie. I agree with Maggie in a way and not really entirely. But the show is making a point saying, like, look, you, what you're doing is totally understandable. Like, I get it. I was with you in that room, Jesus is saying. You, mm-hmm. you me, and Daryl. He, he specifically brings up the room, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of season eight. Yeah. We talk, like, we talked about this. But time has passed. And I realized with the recent events that if we're going to do this, let's ha- have a consensus. Let's all get together on this. You don't get to dis- you sh- You're making the same mistake that Rick Ray- did. Doing this right now, even though you're right and we talked about it. If you do this, you're just as bad as Rick for keeping Negan alive. You made this decision on behalf of everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know? So the show's not going to let it go. And the yeah. show's not going to let what she did go. And it's going to find a way to keep inserting some sort of like, stop, stop, stop. And she mm-hmm. might still keep going, you know? We do see that though too. We do see that she she does make it to, to uh, in the sneak peeks, she does make it to Alexander or she's at least at the door. Mm-hmm. And if we are going to talk about sneak peeks, um, you know that scene with him and Daryl on the motorcycle? Yes, yeah. Okay, so... Looks like he throws him in a ditch. Well, here's the thing. Do you realize what Daryl's trying to do? No. Daryl's trying to keep him away from Alexandria so that Maggie can do what she's got to do. Ah. For sure. And Rick finds out, and they have a little tussle, and then they fall into, like, this kind of fissure. Yeah. (laughs) this... One of those, you know, one of those things that we sometimes see on the news. Uh, I a uh, uh, what is it called? A pit or one of those? What are those things called? A sand pit? No. Um. Uh, um no, I know what you're saying. Uh, a, sinkhole. Uh, a sinkhole. Yes, a sinkhole. Yes, sinkhole. A sinkhole is opened up in that. on King's Highway or something, and in like emergency rescuers are trying to patch it up, and it's like, okay, <laughs> you, you go ahead. <laughs> That's you a know, very man good plans point. and God wins, you know. I did not God think about laughs. that, but, but, you're, but you're you're right about that. That's true. Yeah, so Maggie can my, do what she needs to do. Yeah, and by the way, I was right about another thing. It's that that Maggie hanging Greg Gregory. As much as we're kind of all on board, you know, that's the springboard for everything to come. Mm-hmm. Everybody saw that. Everybody heard of it, and mm-hmm. people are thinking. Jerry's thinking. Everybody has a thought on that, mm-hmm. and like just like they did with Rick keeping Negan alive. I mean, obviously the saviors were like, oh. Oh, wait there's another way to this and so you right. saw you saw it from that point of view but we, you didn't see that see it from everybody else's point of view and now we're starting to see it because of what Maggie did like right. Maggie's doing things that, you know summarily without consulting everybody you know like bigger than you know like taking charge and stuff like that like what do I think about that you know right right you know and obviously you know who do we follow what is it what are the rules you know we all the only rule that we seem to have had is we're doing this so that we can have a better future for each other and it, it's working you know yeah. you know we're all together we're bartering you know we're trying to do the best that we can this way can work yep. but you know old things man old beef old beef and now the, the like we said in the beginning the levees are breaking the bridge is being tested it's you know what i mean like is the bridge gonna hold up that's a big deal you know and it might be out of their hands at that point yeah oh and at the end of the episode by the way and we didn't mention this and we should but you know the saviors do walk off they, they leave do. they leave the bridge site stopping that mm-hmm. tomato along the way basically yep. rick's dream or you know, carl's dream of the future effectively so but that's the episode. 
But in the sneak peek, they all kind of come back to the bridge site, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what gets them to come back. I know, but that's where Rick sustains his injury. Yeah, it seems to be there is some sort of injury. <clears throat> like he's holding his side, right? The one that yeah. one scene? <clears throat> yeah. It See, seems oh, to be at that. <laughs> Water went the wrong way. <laughs> oh, no. What, what a shame. What, what if that took you out in the apocalypse? <laughs> Just, I drank water the wrong way. Oh, buried be, here. <laughs> that would be a damn shame. <laughs> be the saddest walking dead death ever. I remember a podcast that like laughed about that, like when Rick was in the junkyard and all that, and he like you know he fought that uh, Winslow he was underwear too. <laughs> well, he was fighting Winslow, and he got the the, the nail through the the hand or whatever. Uh, and somebody was like, "Man, wouldn't it suck after all those years of fighting the apocalypse? It's like you die from like Hep C tetanus. or something from yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, from like like that would suck. Goddamn it's tetanus. Like, yeah, well, uh, I died from gangrene. Yeah, really? exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You survive like freaking zombies, but oh, speaking of, holy crap, that scene with uh, Gabe tied up on the floor. Yeah, that's in a sneak peek too. Yeah, and what is the who does the, okay? This is a, so I'm I'm sorry I'm testing you, but who does that uh-huh. walker that Jadis reveals look like? Was it a lady? Yep, it was a lady, right? She had like pearls on and stuff. Yeah, like or at least like some sort of beaded necklace. Yeah, yeah. It, it to me it looked a lot like, and obviously it's not the same one, but it looks a lot like the one he made her uh, sketch the lady, the the oh. organist from his church. Yeah. Mm. So I wonder, like, okay. Wh- is she going full tilt? Is she faking? Is she trying to lure out these people? Or is she really just kind of pissed at it, Gabe? I don't know. Or what is this all about? Like, I don't know. We, as much as we've seen these scenes where she's testing Rick, she's testing Negan, um, we really don't know what the ends of these tests are because they've always been kind of interrupted. Right. Oh, one more thing worth bringing up. And I'm, I'm so glad that we brought up the Gabe scene because do you remember how we assumed the A on the dumpster, on the, the container, shipping container that Rick was in, mm-hmm. that it was A for Alexandria? Mm. Nope. Nope. It's A for whatever the government considers an A. And B for whatever the government considers is a B? Yep, pretty much. We st- I mean, you can make assumptions, but we really don't know what that is. That's B. What, That's the B. A? Yeah, the A or the B. Yeah, no, I don't know necessarily what they would look at. What qualifies somebody as an A and what qualifies somebody as a B that I'm not... Because she says, I thought you were a B, right? To him at the end? I think that's what he said. I thought you were a B, but it turns out you're an A? You're an is a. that what she said? I thought you were my boyfriend, but it turns out you're an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. I think I interpret it to be like, in my mind, I don't know if A is alpha, B is beta, and she thought that he was more of a beta male, but like him standing up to her and being like, no, you know, I'm gonna, I, I can't go off with you. I need to support Rick makes him like an alpha male. So he's an A. I don't know. I don't know what A versus B yeah. signifies. Versus C. Pythagorean theorem divided by two. Like, he's, a, he's not a square. He's a triangle. I don't know. I mean, I'm really, I hope we get a chance to finally find out what's, what's the deal. But we won't. That's what the show does. Mm-hmm. May or maybe we will. Maybe it's time. And even if it doesn't, like at least maybe what, time that we find out what. Yeah, that we find out what this shit's all about. But at the same time, I'd be satisfied knowing that she could overcome whatever it is. Because I, I mean, I know you don't like relationships, but I kind of like this one. What her and Gabriel? Yeah, I kind of want that to work. I kind of want Gabe to, you know, to be happy. This is weird. I want I never no. Really... I want no. I want Daryl to be happy. Well, I mean, yeah. Everybody like the freaking priest is getting some like that's just not right like daryl's like just <laughs> like, come on. i keep telling you 
yeah, that's fine. But he's still a man of the cloth, and like he's like, ugh, no. there's a joke there somewhere. But anyway, but uh, it's 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 fine that he's you know that he's living his best life in the apocalypse. It's great. I don't know. But but I'm like, come on, like. I mean, look, Daryl's making light years of improvement. He's he's being allowed to speak. That's amazing. You know? He's given permission to speak. He's given permission um, to speak. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still shipping this thing hard that, like, not hard, but, like, um, the idea that it's, uh, it's he, a thing. It, him and Aaron. I kind of want that to happen. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense at this rate, seeing as though Daryl and he were on those runs. And so, I know we talked about all this, but it, it and I know they're going to... So you know what? The, the interesting thing about doing that is... There's a subset of the Walking Dead listeners that are, they don't like that. I mean, then there's a whole other subset of the Walking Dead um, fans who are, you know, like pro-LGBT and blah, 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 and all that stuff, and... But it's Daryl. And so if they're going to do this, they got to do this really carefully, you know? Mm. So it's an icky subject, but only because, I, I mean, it's an icky subject for AMC, but not for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no. I'm down with that. I'm like so down with that. It makes me smile thinking about it because it's just... Why, I'm because like, you think there are going to be a bunch of women that are going to throw themselves off a roof? Because no, like, no, not, not this time. I don't feel that. <laughs> 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 do you feel that? No, I don't, but I'm just saying that, like, I feel like there'd be a lot of, like, disappointed women that'd be like, no. See, I, I'm all about the comics fans being disappointed in a weird way, but, like, for a good purpose, for a good cause. I don't know if the comic fans are. I'm a comic fan, and I wouldn't be disappointed. But, see, he's not in the comics, so it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. So, to me, it's like, you can, he's a wild card. You could do what you, what you will with his character and pivot however you feel like you need him to pivot, you right. know? So, at this point, we're just upsetting the fans, which I'm lessing, I don't care about but pissing fans. Yeah. Um, I don't see why people would be upset, though. Because they see themselves as... I, I'm not going to say they see themselves as, themselves as having a chance, but they, they have fantasies, I and think, now those fantasies they can't have anymore. Right, you're right. I mean, I've heard this in advertising, so I mm-hmm. I have heard this sort of thing. It's like you have to... Or marketing or, or whatever. It's like, but basically... Or PR, but all related. But essentially, you have to kind of... Or these actors, actresses, musicians, whatever, they have to feed into their fans' fantasies, basically, because the reality reality is not um not sexy basically you know like snoop dog or or no like ice cube for example that's been with his wife for like god knows how many years and has grown kids in college or whatever he lives like a fairly normal middle-aged life you know but that doesn't sell you know or um trying to think of who else there was a really good um uh, documentary movie kind of um, along these terms. Did you ever hear about this movie called um, The Other F Word? Oh, uh, no, but go ahead. The Other F Word was basically F meaning father. And the thing was oh. that it followed like Flea and I think Dave Grohl and a few other like musicians who are, you know, now middle-aged men and are, you know, married dads, you know, and, you know, to see what their lives are now. You know, right. they lived in this heyday of like, you know, being these rock stars and yeah, they're still rock stars, but Dave Grohl himself said it's like look yes I'm a musician but most of the time I'm a chauffeur to three little girls right you know and you know that's the thing it's like it's it's the reality of it and sometimes you know depending on the the artist that it doesn't bode well in their favor to kind of for the public to see a certain image that isn't as consistent yeah right say you know the the glamorization of 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 these people these like making them larger than life unattainable Mm -hmm. but also kind Mm -hmm. of like 
in their head is something that they can imagine being with, you know? Right. Being with somebody who is, um, who, well, I guess you could say could bring them up, you know, or lift mm-hmm. them up from whatever their status is in a weird way, mm-hmm. but at the same time being very attractive and whatnot. So right, people have, right. People have a lot to say about that, too. Like, where where if they had met, let's say, oh, well, let's use Dave Grohl as an example, because he's not a very good-looking guy, at least when he was with Nirvana, he was very not-looking guy, a uh, good-looking guy. If, if he wasn't part of That's a band... That's all subjective. It is, it is. You're right, you're right. Um, but but here's the thing if he wasn't part of that band he wasn't famous he hadn't got big you know if you just saw this guy in the street just as a regular dude you would not mm-hmm. feel the same kind of attraction as you do knowing what you know now i think you it's different have, though period I, this this is what i will say i think that it's all personality i think that you are right in the sense that you could see somebody on the street and they would not necessarily have this sort of impression but the real the real reason like somebody like daryl is not necessarily the i don't know he he's he's not like some sort of like quaffed you know model-esque you know kind of like gq i I don't know in my mind i don't know he's you're saying he's not andrew lincoln keep going No, I don't find Andrew Lincoln. I, I don't know, but, but he is because we know him. Too, that's the thing. It's like the um, they kind of go the other way. So when I you don't meet, know, but basically, when, yeah. But basically, what I'm saying is that I think that a lot of the allure of Daryl to a lot of women is his bravado and his personality. And I think that, and I've always said this, is your personality will take you very far. And there's, yeah, a little, I mean, there's a little bit of mystery too, though. Let's be real. Like, well, like you, you don't yeah. always know what he's thinking. No, exactly. But I think that that's the thing. I mean, there is an air of like the known where you don't necessarily know all that much but then when they you know do say stuff you know it's they, they have a certain kind of way about them and how they carry themselves and things like that that goes a, a long way as to just being what i would say you know maybe conventionally attractive whatever like you know somebody like to me in my mind somebody can be conventionally attractive but if they're boring as hell mm-hmm. then they're invisible in my eyes right well, well he has me, the bare minimum of attractiveness too it's like it's just enough and then but that's the other thing too it's it's you start and it's not intentional but you start to see like a woman could easily and not to get that go down this rabbit hole but i mean a woman could see um some of the things that he says and the things that he does and you start to see oh he can take care of himself oh he could probably take care of me or even in the you know like just in the kind of primal biological kind of because women do I believe you can agree or disagree, but but I think women do want to know that the man that they're with is, um, you know, is going to be able to keep it together at the very least. And then also it. at the very most, it's kind of like they would want them to be, um, but not, be, you know, like not crumble when things, bad things start to happen. I get it. And, to then, be, yeah. and then Norman and like, um, and Daryl, they're a little extra on that. You know, they, they throw a little on top, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I, I totally get it. <laughs> it's just the thing. It's not what I believe, but it's a thing. Or you know what I mean it's just a thing it's it's reality so here's something by and large so my best friend she lives in uh, Connecticut Um, I told her we were going to Walker Stalker Con she's a big Walking Dead fan okay and so she's actually gonna meet up in Atlanta no way yeah so I'm really excited she's crashing in my hotel room and it's so wait did you get a hotel too because I booked it for two No, I I, no. I mean, yeah, no. I have Starwood points up the wazoo. Oh, like, yeah, because yeah, because I travel. I mean, not as extensively as I used to, but like, I definitely cancel my my reservation. I'm no, no, I'm telling you, like when you go to all that stuff is flexible when you go to hotels. You just like you make the base reservation and you show up and then you're like, hey, do you got this available? Yeah, okay, cool. Dang. And usually, like, boss. Yeah, no, it's like I, I've traveled enough to to know all the ins and outs, and really, like, hotels are very, very flexible. Like in Which terms of like. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, they're very they're very flexible. Like unless you show up, like it is a unless con you... though. That's the thing. So the rules kind of go out the window. I mean, the prices were inflated, <sighs> by the way, for this con. <sighs> Wait, do you not I have? Don't know. Do you not have anything reserved? <laughs> No, I do, but I'm just oh, saying okay. it's like I, I didn't. I saw some of the prices, but I don't think that they were crazy inflated for Atlanta, though. I've seen worse, but maybe because I've gone to like LA for work and like those prices are like oh yeah, insane. easily the same. Yeah, no, like double. Oh, I you know what? When we go out for Mag this year, by the way, Magfest, the prices are just it, they're out of control. L like LA, like for work, like they expect us to be spending like three hundred some dollars a night Ugh, for a place man, because it's least, just right? because that's just LA. If we have to travel to New York, they expect the same thing certain cities new york I mean, a LA, little less Chicago. too you can do new york for a little less than la that's wow you could but the thing is that like most of the time they anticipate like i mean let's be honest if right. you're not from new york you're not going to necessarily know like oh well let me like look over here because it's probably not going to be as expensive it's like no you know people just want to like go onto the company you know a travel agency website and say right. like okay i'm going to go to new york from x day to this day where am i going to stay right um and they'll pull you up the list and me personally as long as like the rooms are approved by like the corporate company i'm like all right that's fine like i don't i don't think too deeply on it because i mean you know it's not my money so <laughs> i'm just saying i want to know how the know. other side lives carol <laughs> I'm like, Tell no, actually, no, actually, I'm very good to my company because when I travel to New York for work, I just crash with family because yeah. why am I going to stay at a hotel room? It's like, I'll just stay with family. But, um, but my point being, I've been in these conferences all week, but she and I have been communicating over, you know, messenger and, and text or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was looking at the schedule for all the stuff going on. And so I told her, you know, and she was like, oh, you know, there are photo ops and stuff, you know, like yeah. at the stuff I was like, yeah, there is. It's like, we, you know, but, but the thing is that there are sessions, you you know like there's like blocks like if you look at it right right it's all new for me it's really know, tough like, too just from my experience it, really it can tough. be depending on the person depending on the person you know obviously oh, i'm talking like, about the lines well yeah the lines and also but i'm saying depending on the person like yes, you, yeah, you, and some of them are sold out already like some of them had like a ton of sessions and they're already sold out like my my girlfriend was like megan sold out Damn. like you can't get a picture of jeffrey dean morgan <laughs> It's all, yeah, it's all like sold out. Um, Michonne, sold out. Um, yeah. No, but look, I'm just saying, like, if you yeah. want a picture with these characters, like, Damn. You, you know, cannot. So you have to, but by then, the way, you have to buy a spot. Is that how it works? You have you have to reserve it you have to reserve that with spot money and I, th or? I think you do i think you have to at least like, like kind of reserve it kind? With, yeah exactly my friend did it i didn't do it because obviously <sighs> i wasn't in these conferences but yeah, like get, but getting to that but yeah so it's like i haven't had a chance to do any of that i haven't so, looked at anything i'm telling you right now i Nothing. i've looked at it i'm gonna look at it more tonight which is already kind of late but whatever you yeah. know so i'm gonna take a little more a little bit more uh look at it tonight because i want to try and kind of and i'll have time on the plane ride tomorrow too but still just to kind of like really i mean there's not like a ton but you know you just want to kind of go through it and kind of see like all right well what might sound interesting and to just at least put a pin in certain things to say like okay well that panel might be good or maybe that people cool to check out or whatever you yeah. know just to kind of you know get an idea but basically but my point being that she only signed us up for one photo op that she was oh, no. able to like quickly put in because uh -huh. like she was like oh my god like there was only one spot left and she got like a photo op with mr norman Reedus daryl that's awesome yeah so but now but then today i was talking to her on my way home and she's like freaking out about it she's like oh my god Wait, <laughs> this means i actually have to say hi i was, I was uh, like you signed up i was like you signed up for it dude like you you like i didn't do it like you did it you signed up for it yeah <laughs> it's kind of like what we're talking about like it's like going to walker stalker con you could see that as like oh you signed up for this i'm like oh wait what does i what 
I sign up for? What yeah, did I exactly. sign up for with this interview with uh, with oh uh, Tom Payne? Yeah, I, I don't even. Yeah, but I'm not that nervous about that because like it's not like I, you're standing there like conscious of the people behind you and you know what I mean. That no, that's a whole other element. Yeah, people you don't have looking. an audience. It's not like that. It's like, and I know it's, that they make you feel welcome. By the way, so there's a part of me that it's like, oh, they're first of all they're used to this. Second of all, I mean, I think the people in line, it's like a family. They make you feel like family. This and re- are we going to film this and record it? Like, what are we doing? Um. This is the thing. Part of me is like, I I, I don't want to look like a one of those guys that like so, like that we're like we're taking selfies or something. But at oh, the same, I was gonna take a selfie with him. Well, it's it's this thing where like I don't want to I don't want to because I like, feel like he must get it all the time. So it's like, what's some one more? My idea is like, okay, I thought like at some points like we would check in, like we would uh, I don't either go live on Instagram or something, or because um, we'd be I. The way I imagine it is that we both have lav mics on okay. to, to test out the equipment and then like walk around uh-huh. together, you know, but I, I don't know. For, for the interview or you mean just well, like... Well, definitely a- for the interview, but like also just walking around and doing things. No, walking around for sure. I think we would be filming and we would like, you know, be recording that sort of thing. But with for the interview itself, would we record the interview? Like film and record? Or like, were you thinking it's just a straight up sound interview? Like, what were you thinking? What are oh, thoughts? as far as the interview goes, I, I definitely want to do a video. I, I bought the... Um, I bought that selfie light in case uh-huh. it's gonna be really dark. That little ring light. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a little tripod, and then I have, you know, so it's gonna be a video interview for sure. We're gonna definitely do mm-hmm. it live on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, so that you know, if we do something asinine, we have it on public record. <laughs> uh, it, cards on the table. If 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 things go wrong, we'll out there. And we look like assholes. That's just what's gonna happen. That's just what's gonna happen. That's it. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's I, fine. I've done worse. So. I've resolved myself to, to that being the case. But yeah, that's a good thing about being older. It's like you just don't care anymore part of partially you never know the internet could destroy you (laughs) we don't know how bad can it it can get i know but on the digital age i know i know (laughs) this is true I'm not thinking I just about wanted that, to be though. no I'm not like I'm just looking forward to a good conversation yeah in my mind that's what I'm just looking forward to I'm just looking forward to having a good conversation and just a comfortable conversation just getting to know someone yeah yeah that's I mean, how I've, I'm trying to be with I've had like good interviews where like because my my feeling is always getting somebody to kind of feel comfortable and like feel like they can talk to you about how they're they're doing how their day is you know talking about like minutia and stuff like that and then getting to the point where we could talk about anything but also my experience is that sometimes you can't get there and well i guess like you have so to gauge- I, I, yeah it's like i learned not to expect it so which is interesting because I, in that moment where i learned that lesson i was really upset with myself like oh how come i couldn't get them to open up and blah, blah, blah. Um, be, okay. like oh you know what's funny i thought of that <laughs> we actually interviewed danko jones i don't know if you know danko jones he's a, no. he's a really good dude really really solid dude he has a tremendous stage presence and like back when we were interviewing him he wasn't really uh. much he wasn't really much yet but um he was kind of like on the cusp of being really really big and we really pushed his music too uh-huh. um and then he's then he blew up um and um but like when we're doing his interview mm-hmm. we there, i mean part of us we were just being our usual slapsticky kind of self and we're just we made it a little bit about us and we the whole point being like we wanted to kind of make him feel comfortable like we wanted to, like oh we're just a bunch of crazy dudes and blah 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 um but then like he wasn't opening up and he was kind of being standoffish a little bit and it, it was like this straight laced on his end it was like this straight laced like you know question answer kind of thing and then mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know because i was still trying to make him feel comfortable and stuff like that and, you know i said oh you know let, i know you're gonna you're running late let us take you let's drive you to the gig and blah blah, blah. it's all right no no worries it's on us because mm-hmm. it almost like felt bad for making him go through that experience like us kind of spotting up making it about us and sort 
of thing. And but it happens. It sometimes you just can't get there, or you say something and they're not on board. And then and so the best you can do is is try to pivot. You know, stick to the questions because we have them. You know, mm-hmm. and and yeah. So I know. I mean, I kind of know what I'm doing in this arena. I haven't done it in a really long time, but we're doing it kind of now. We've been doing it for a year, which is mm-hmm. why I'm a little bit more comfortable. Right. So yeah, I mean, like you know, we work well together. So we, we've had the practice of talking. You no, know? for sure. I mean, I've been told I have the gift of gab, but oh, I'm going to need I... you. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm going to need that. I just, you think so? Sometimes I don't. Well, maybe. I'm, it's good to have it as you... backup. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'm not a good storyteller. I think you guys, if you, anybody's been listening to me for the past year, I'm not a very good storyteller. I'm kind of more I of an analysis have, person. I and did. I always have a story. I always have like a... It's great. I need <laughs> I that. Always, That's the I always have some sort of story. I was like, true story. <laughs> I mean, you could even not have a story, but as long as you know how to tell a story, you can make that non-story into something actually kind of interesting. So, you know. Okay. You, right. but also a person you know like in general could do that you know right but you yeah that. you so. all right all right i'll go with that i'll go yeah, with that yeah so that's that's, 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 that's where the pieces kind of make make a difference like both of us make a difference when it comes to the sort of interview you know mm-hmm. which is i think by the way is our interview tomorrow night <laughs> yeah <I think> it <laughs> yes it is <laughs> I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I, I don't even know what time this thing is going to be. I, we don't either. It's we don't. Be so just so everybody knows, we don't know exactly when we're going to go live. So subscribe to, yeah, YouTube, to the YouTube channel so that, you know, so that when we pop off, you know that that's the end. The interview is going down. You know, we're, we're going By live. By the way, can I tell you how surreal just being like on the CC of the back and forth conversations arranging this thing? Like in the midst <laughs> of like my work conferences, seeing this sort of back and forth. I'm like, man, this is really happening, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And me, and me like, just being like that professional, like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, that, the other thing. No, yeah, sure. you sound super, very professional, but it's just so funny to me because I was just like, Because I'm wow. so not. <laughs> no, but it just, just, it's like really, you know, legit, you know, it's sort of like, you know, because when we first, when this opportunity first presented itself, it was like over a week ago, you know, because it yeah. was before I went on vacation, like a day before I left to go on vacation. Right. And, you know, I was like, absolutely, we, we got to do this. We got to jump on this opportunity. <laughs> this is a great opportunity, whatever. And like, and then the the panic. And here I am. Yeah. Then then the reality hits in, and I'm just like, what? Oh, we're doing this. Wait, we're doing this. What? Like, and this is always me. Like my my best friend, who you will meet this weekend. Like, she'll be the first one to tell you. It's like Carol's the biggest one. Like, she's the first one to talk so much stuff, and then she like completely backs down. Right. (laughs) Completely shy. And well, I don't. I I'll give you a little credit. I'll save you from that. I tell everybody that I'm like shy, and nobody believes it. I'm at my job now, and I tell people all the time, like, no, I'm actually a very shy person. They're like, mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Who was that lady who said you're? Uh, I th- always thought you were a. Uh, oh, that I'm like that I lecture people. I'm yeah. like, oh, aren't you the great lady that lectures people? <laughs> uh, I was like lecturing. I was like, I'm so offended. I don't that's, lecture people. Yeah. It's like I don't lecture people. I talk to people, right? And people talk to me willingly. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, pointing down at them. I'm no. just expressive. I- Definitely not, though. Um, what was I saying, though? I was thinking of something. But yeah, but what people don't know about that is that we were, um, what led up to that, even that moment, was the same guy that contacted us from Kraken Rum. I feel like we should mention Kraken Rum um, because the whole thing is being sponsored by Kraken Rum. So I'm going to say mm-hmm. it three times. We're not even going to get paid for this, but I know. Um, but thank you, Kraken Rum. Um, 
So the dude had actually invited us to the um, the Walking Dead premiere. You know, the red yeah. carpet, full blown, yeah. and then the after part. Well, I think it was more the after party than the premiere. Let's let's be let's be accurate on this one. And we weren't um, able to make it. Yeah, to- it was Tom's crack and rum after party. And, and what I'd seen was this dude was re- trying to reach out to a whole ton of people on Twitter. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I was looking through all the uh, you know where you can see the replies and mentions and right, stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. So he, this, good on he you. Was, he was reaching out to like everybody. But like on the day of, really? Yeah. You know, so I was like, can you, it's, it's like, can you fill like, can you fill like this um, hall that we're having uh, with people because you like Tom and The Walking Dead? Yeah. And, and I don't want to begrudge anybody at all, but because right, it's right, just right. it's the business. You got to do what you got to do, you know. Sure. And sometimes you just need a little help. And yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, we've been we've been a part of that game. Sometimes mm. you just need the presence, you know, even if it's like a small fry, like college post college radio. You yeah, know, you just need to be there. And so when I told him that we couldn't do it, he thought of us, and then he said, "Hey, you're a podcast. You know, maybe you want to interview Tom." I'm like that sounds reasonable. It's like a yeah. way better opportunity than the first one, by the way. Yeah, no, it is. It is for sure. Yeah. So what are you gonna wear tomorrow? <laughs> um, what do you wear to an interview? I, I do have a nice shirt. I have a nice short sleeve shirt. Okay. Because it, it is going to be at so the interview is going to happen either during or after. Um, what what is his girlfriend's band called? I forget. Like Future something. I forget what it's called. I actually listened to their to her band and it's actually pretty good. It's like kind of like ch- sounds like churches, like um the band churches, or like hmm. band of horses kind of feel, like kind of like a new agey kind of like oh, okay. a new new age. Gotcha. Um but very hip, very mm-hmm. very enjoyable. Um, so it's happening at the venue where they're playing. So he figures like we can go off to another room and blah blah blah. We could or right. and he said I, if you remember he said that like at the very worst we can go into a car, you know, <laughs> an SUV. which is not a bad idea by the way. No, that's no. Actually, I've listened to certain. Um, one of my favorite Walking Dead podcasts is actually um, Walkers and Talkers, which is mm-hmm. um, was it Walker Talkers? Isn't that what it's called? No, I think it's Walkers and Talkers. Or oh, okay. Like so New Yorkers, that. right? Yeah. Yes, they're New Yorkers. <laughs> Yes. 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 <laughs> so it, um, but it's co-hosted by um, this chick Jamie, who yeah. I know you've like seen before because I like chat with her. I think she's so cool. Yeah. And um, also David Brody from the Elvis Duran Morning Show. So mm. like they co-host, you know, this podcast. And there are times where David Brody hasn't been able to be like in the studio, so he like does he like records out of his car because basically <laughs> like that's wild. Like, that's the thing. I mean, like you know, and he'll say like you know, brought to you by. <laughs> As in, I just dodged another car. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, you know, that's all that's left for me. I recorded from like, I recorded this podcast from like New York, Philadelphia, Mexico. So, yeah, I, have I ever Miami recorded from a obviously. remote location? I don't think so. No, I've always no. been there. You've always it's been. It's always kind of a little sad. <laughs> Well, it's like, Carol's in New York. She's in Philadelphia. She's back in Miami. She's in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's good, you know? The fact that we have the infrastructure for you to be able to do that, I think, is fantastic. I think it speaks volumes, yep. Yeah, and and I'm going to be getting a new laptop at some point, by the way, so I'm hoping this mitigates some of the issues that we've been having with the feed. I can I can stop the issues that we've been having with the live feeds, by the way, mm-hmm. like like this, mm-hmm. because I know what the problem is. It's it's those uh, volume bars. Uh-huh. When you do a screen capture and, and it has to render that screen capture of the bars mm-hmm. on all three feeds, uh-huh. you get some problems. It's that's some processing issues. So eventually, hey. the memory's just going to run out. It's just going to crash. So I could just solve it by not having them at all. Uh-huh. But what fun is that? Sure. <laughs> Probably do it next time. 
There you go. There you have it. Uh, so th- I guess, is that it really? Yeah, I think we need to just kind of rest and gear up for tomorrow and this weekend, essentially. Oh, there will be no sleep to be had by me. I'll be cutting yeah. this mother up so for the audio feed. Uh, well, I'm going to be getting my ducks in order for tomorrow. Try oh. to like get my, you know, get my stuff packed, get my things together. I don't like to rush, so. Mm, neither do I. Not choice. Yeah, but not my choice. <laughs> kind of yeah. reminds me of like, what was that, what was that episode where I had to run? Yeah, I think that was the one where, where I went to San Francisco. I can't remember. Yeah, you got like two hours of sleep or something. Uh, yeah, like barely, like an hour and a half too. Oh. And I was packing right after the show. I was rendering, I was editing the show really quickly and I still couldn't get the description, the show description up. Ugh, it's a mess. That's and then I had to get it next week after oh. I came back. So That's enough stuff. Here we are again. Here we are. <laughs> and with that, I think... We will see you at Walker Stalker Con. We'll try to keep you updated on our uh, logistics, let you know where we are on the floor. We'll check in maybe here and there. I I don't know what we're going to do. I don't even know if we're going to be together. You know, it happens. Cons, you kind of want to do what you want to do at the end of the day. Yeah, we might end up dividing and conquering. Yeah, yeah. I I can easily see that happen. That's what happens when I go to MAGFest. I just kind of leave the group. (laughs) Yeah, and then basically it's like, okay, well... We both have cell phones. We can reconvene. Yeah. We'll compare notes, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll do the same. I'll probably look at the whole agenda on the plane and figure out a timeline map. Right, exactly. And then start eliminating things as the times. Because mm-hmm. they are going to overlap. You're going to want to do certain of things course. at the same time. Right, exactly. There's, there are going to be situations like that, definitely. Yeah. I'm a panels guy, though, too. Like, as much as I want to see the guys in person. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, like, the panels are definitely, for sure, the interesting things. I mean, but in terms of, like, the photo op, I feel like that's the only one that we really like signed up for and we just did that hastily because it was like they were just filling up so it was like you know what we got one right before we leave atlanta to get on the flight back basically <laughs> it really is it's like on sunday it's like scheduled for sunday oh. like right before we need to leave to get our flight back hence the last spot too like the so last spot on sunday and then you have to make a plane <laughs> exactly we're like all right let's do this photo and like off we go well maybe i'll take video of you guys doing that you could yeah potentially if you sneak a lav mic uh, on you or something and you squirming no i'm i don't think i will but my friend is like paranoid that she's gonna be like a mess i'll she's... take anything i'll take anything it's fine <laughs> i'm gonna laugh so hard to She's, I, I'm gonna laugh so hard if she like and she's like oh my god she's like I'm so nervous she's like I'm just gonna be like a mess I was like and I'm gonna laugh <laughs> like let me address her what's her name uh, can I address her yeah Tangi Tangi okay listen Tangi look <laughs> we're not laughing at you at all <laughs> we're laughing with you because you're doing what we're feeling on the inside <laughs> so thank god for you and with, and with that Oh, man. It's true, though. Like, you're expressing what we're feeling, so we don't have to. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been a very gushy, like, fan person, so I'm... Yeah, we'll but you know but when somebody does something to the extreme, so. makes you not mm-hmm. want to do it? <laughs> um, <laughs> right? I know that you're like, oh, boy. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're not as nervous anymore. You're like, oh, well, okay. You're taking yeah, all the attention off of me right now. Exactly. It's like, all right, well, I'm just here for a photo. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Sometimes they just take... They, they provide yeah. cover. Yeah. No, I told her, I was like, man, we have to, like, do this together. You got to come down. <laughs> yeah. You make me look good. No, okay. No, it's something we're going to bond. We're going to do this together. It's a good experience. It's a good experience. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I guess we'll see you all. Look, we're going to try to see you all there. Let's put it that way. And we can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I literally can't. We got to catch a flight in six hours. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, you got an early one. Sigh. (laughs) 
All right. Well, safe travels to you. Yes, indeed. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll let you know when I get in. I'm going to try and get on an earlier flight. I'm going to call American Airlines now. Fingers see if crossed. I can, see if I can get on an earlier flight to come in. Yeah. Just to... Because regardless if we do this interview later, I just want some time to just kind of decompress. Yeah, get your bearings. Yeah, just kind of like, you know, just get your bearings, chill out for a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah. I won't even be able to test these mics, too. I've already tested at home, but which ones I have to to fully charge the lab mic, you know. Oh, gosh. Okay, there's a whole thing. Anyway. All right. On that note. (laughs) Yeah. On that that nervous note. (laughs) Get my ducks in a row. Uh, uh, enjoy Sunday night and we'll be there next week to talk about um, episode 4 sounds good bye guys see you soon in person mm.